<laughs> I don't know why I look like a Muppet every time I introduce myself. Uh, welcome to the season premiere of Dice Cream One-Shots! Huzzah! <laughs> season two! Holy crap. Feels like yesterday that I uh, started streaming uh, my crappy little Curse of Strahd game with DM Jordy Rose almost two years ago on Facebook Live. Look at us now, nerds. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you guys all so much for tuning in tonight. This has definitely been a uh, month-long labor of love of uh, prep. And so, so excited to be playing uh, these new streams with everybody, these awesome new campaigns and stories, and to play with all new players here. Look at them all. All these people here over there, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So some of, the, some of these uh, people you might have seen before, obviously, on TikTok social medias. We've definitely had a fun stream, a Monster Fight Club with some of them, but they're here once again, some playing familiar characters, some playing brand new characters. Um, but we want to get right into it, guys, and not waste any more of your time. Um, so we will introduce the lovely players here. They'll talk about themselves, and we'll jump right into it. So why don't we start with uh, Haley? Hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Haley, otherwise known as Red Queen Hales on TikTok, Instagram, basically all of my socials. I'm a cosplayer, d and artist, uh, general coffee goblin, and train wreck extraordinaire. <laughs> um I uh, will be playing uh, my favorite near and dear to my character, uh, Heart Margot. So, yes, I'm very excited Whoa. to be redoing. I'm, exci I'm excited to bring her back. That sassy, sassy dragon. Love it. She knows what's uh, <laughs> up. Uh, Kanoa. Hi. Hello, everybody. How you beautiful <laughs> human beings? How are you? I just like came out of a, a fade there. Hi. Hi, how Hello. are you? My name's Kanoa Daddy. I'm also a Twitch streamer and a TikToker. That's right. Two things. I do two <laughs> things. And I'll it. be playing I'll be playing a sneaky holy boy uh, named Zara Cantermint Teletrentonmirth. Very simple. Hope you got it on the first run. Just glides off the tongue. Beautiful. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better if it's forked. That's the first time I've ever actually heard that pronounced, so. Jesus, that's gonna be fun to, <laughs> to say. <it> <laughs> it's like a dex um, check just to say that properly. Yeah, <laughs> right. you got nothing on uh, Percy Dorolo. Um, okay, so we're coming up with Ozzy. G'day. Uh, my name's Oliver, also known as Aussie Warlock on Twitch and YouTube. I'm basically just an Aussie with nothing but free time, and I <laughs> will be playing a Warforge Paladin by the name of. Galahad Five. Ah. <laughs> it's so cool. That's just fucking. Uh, I, I love that voice changer. God. Fine. Uh, um. All right. Now, up next, we got Super Goat. Hey, what to do, homies? Uh, I am the Super Goat. Um. My name is uh, Mustafa or Moose. Um. And I also am an, another TikToker as well as um a newbie Twitch streamer as well. I am uh, working on a bunch of streams to bring more highlights to people of color in the D and D community and in the TikTok community as well. So come follow me down there. Today I will be getting to uh, showcase my wonderful friend. Belen Rock, um, the bugbear rogue, and I am excited to see the antics he gets into. <laughs> Was that an accent I just heard? 
Yes, yes, it is. I am pulling out my traditional Sudanese accent for this, so it's going to be oh, fun no times. Way. Oh, way! Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. That's so cool. This is the first time hearing any of them actually say their names and their character, like, accents or anything, so I'm, like, kind of surprised <laughs> at the same time. So sick. All right, up next, Yerpy. Hey, I'm Lindsay, also known as Yerpy11. I make the shiny click-clack math rocks yes, that we all use for... And there it goes, like a square. Um, I make Dungeons and Dragons dice and other TTRPG dice um, on TikTok, and you can also find me on Instagram. I restock my Etsy with my dice that I make each month on the first of each month, and I'll be playing a tiefling warlock named Jules Hendricks, and I'm very excited. Badass name. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and the dice are amazing, everyone watching out there. Go check out uh, the Etsy store great click-clack, shiny, shiny things in there. Wonderful math rocks. Check it out. Uh, And last but certainly not least, legendary D&D Corso. Hey, hey. Uh, I'm D&D Corso, name Corso. Today I'm going to be playing Nebula Gravicon, my changeling paladin, so we're going to be having some fun with that. Uh, everywhere else you've probably uh, seen me or where you can catch me is TikTok as well as I've got a Twitch stream that we're building some real fun stuff uh, with help from Mustafa and another couple of folks in here you'll be hearing about. Uh, and I am the DM for the Lark Gaming and Mischief podcast. We're a live play 5E podcast and uh, we do a lot of fun stuff and Red Queen has actually designed most of our art for it. So, Oh, nice. sick. That's awesome. I love doing things. Yeah. Doing things is fun. Distract distract myself from the horrors of the world. Yay. Oh, call out. Okay. Uh. No, that's that's me. That's me. I'm calling myself out. That's that's, that's what I do. You just did two in one. I was in the blast zone for that one. Yeah, (laughs) same. And I am uh, your humble uh, DM, Dungeon Master, for this lovely campaign, Kevin Parr, co-creator of Dice Cream Sandwich. And yeah, and a couple of things off the top here. We do have an awesome uh, Dice giveaway uh, winner to announce during this stream as well. Thank you all so much for entering that on Instagram. We had about, I think the end total was 680 comments for that one. That's um, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's some quality dice, though. That's some quality dice. Yeah. Made by at Familiar Dice, who's been a longtime uh, friend of the show, uh, giving away a set of his Shadow Nebula dice. Um, so we will be announcing a winner and a surprise runner-up for that giveaway because we had so many entries. So we will be announcing the winner and then the runner-up winner um, after our stream break. So stay tuned for that. Um, What else? Oh, Dice Cream Newsletter uh, that I launched two weeks ago has been doing super, super well. Uh, It's an email newsletter that I send out every Monday. Um, We got just news about general D&D stuff. When new books are coming out, lists of different D&D creators, lists of like top 10 dice makers, stuff like that. We're even getting articles written by D&D TikTokers now. Um, TikTok streaming schedules, some of the more popular ones, some that you may not have heard about before. Um, so yeah, if you want to subscribe to that, we think we have like 200 people subscribe to it now in two weeks, which has been awesome. Um, so you can, yeah, this is crazy. Um, so you can submit a subscribe to that in the link in my bio and all my socials. There is a email subscribe link there and yeah. So I think that's it. 
I'm sorry, Everyone? real quick. Did you say that we're giving away Nebula dice? Is that <laughs> Nebula right? dice? Right. I, okay, fine. I don't feel slighted. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could, I could get you some Corso. You know, I got connects. I got connections. Next thing you know, there's a listing for Corso dice, and you're just like, <laughs> and it's just like, hey, what, what the hell? <laughs> what the, hey, quit stealing my vibe, dork. Um, don't worry. If you need some shadow dice. I'll hook it up. Nice. Um, but all of that out of the way, I'm very, very happy to finally. Say the words. Let's start session number one of the Fay Fly campaign. <laughs> the crackle and flash of fireworks fill the night sky. The roaring, celebratory sounds of gnomes and varied creatures alike fill the streets as glasses and mugs smash together. Echoing into the steel and stone streets that surround you, you hear playful stomps and skips as another day of hard work has aggressively transitioned into a hard night of play. Welcome to the gnomish industrial city of Hupperduke, settled in the continent of Wildmount. Built along the eastern base of the Silperquill Ridge, marked by the ever-rising columns of dark smoke and steam. Predating the Dwendalian Empire, Hupperduke remained autonomous until the crown absorbed the community through diplomatic agreements over two centuries ago. This smoke-stacked city is now the heart of industry in the empire manufacturing technological marvels and large-scale weapons for war for the Empire. Family trades vary from coal mining and clockwork development to practical enchantment and the brewing of zesty libations. Within the bounds of the city, a general air of upbeat anticipation frames the day-to-day -day activities as residents of residents as they bound their way towards dusk. A chilled, misty night hangs over the industrious mountainside city, the scent of a recent rain on the air as you walk down the muddled path. The nightly festivities have already begun with the elevated section of the city known as the Idleworks Shelf, alight with colorful lanterns and streamers. The distant sounds of music and firecrackers echo from hundreds of feet up to the stairs of the mountain. You arrive at the quiet, dark fields of the assembly yard, passing massive forges and partially constructed war machines. All the city's industry has seemingly been abandoned for the night. While the workers of Hupperduke unwind in the celebrations of the upper city. But you are not partaking in these said celebrations at the moment. For all of you individually have made your way to this city for various reasons for your own personal gains. You've all been traveling for quite some time to make your way to this city and your coin purse is a little light. Some of you arriving in the city just as today, others arriving a couple days early. As you have kind of perused around the city as a way to kind of make some quick bucks, uh, you notice some flyers being put up around uh, the city of Hupperduke. 
alerting you to the noble job of uh, the Citizen's Watch, which is a kind of local, very, very relaxed police force that helped the local crowns guard in making sure, you know, the, the, the gnomes of the city and the citizens don't yeah. get into too much trouble. Um, but as you've kind of wandered around and, and, and sought out where the recruitment office is, you are, each of you are currently in a waiting room waiting to speak to the head recruiter, Albi Shutterstone. And as a group has just left his office, leaving, passing by you as you're kind of all sitting down on, uh, on some chairs, a very lustrous and beautiful red dragonborn walks into the interview room. And as all of you are kind of waiting around, been here for a few minutes or so, keeping kind of quiet, sizing each other up, we'll have you all introduce your characters. So we'll start with Margot. So Margot just kind of generally looks around in disdain. She has like this obvious kind of snarl on her face, like resting bitch face times 10. She already, like with a single look, y'all know she thinks you're beneath her. Um <laughs> So she she looks around and she kind of makes this huffing noise, being like, um, just generally giving this air of, I shouldn't be here. This is a waste of time. So um, at this point, she's going to pick a, a spot against, uh, a, like an empty space where she can easily lean against. And she's just going to kind of cross her arms very haughtily and just like stare at everybody very quietly, not introducing herself, just obviously glaring them down. Yeah, you just so you see Margot kind of leaning up against the wall. And it's a fairly like narrow room. It's very like built wood all around, kind of dark mahogany wood floors and, and walls. Um, general like typical sort of office door with a little bit of a, a muted window in there hiding uh, the activities that happen on the other side. And there's just a stack of chairs kind of on either side. Um, and as Margot kind of goes in, steps into the room, puts that shoulder in the wall, come to uh, Kanoa. Perf. Um, you guys will just see shifty snake-like eyes, slitted eyes, kind of just sizing everybody up very carefully, slowly, smooth movements as he gets comfortable. This man in armor with a nice uh, serpent-hilted dagger on his side. He kind of sits up, leans forward, and says, Hello. My name... My name is Zara Cantorman Pella Trentinmouth, but you can call me Zara. I do not wish to sit here and waste away in all of this silence with all the physics festivities outside <laughs> brilliant uh super go all right um so sitting in a seat legs crossed you see in uh tight leather pants and a uh overflowing silk uh, black shirt as well you see uh, a bugbear of a, a little over seven feet tall um sitting down with a smirk on his face arms crossed um, and and every once in a while uncross them and, and take out a, a, a small pin from his pockets as he twirls them around and 
he's uh, just kind of taking in the whole scene as he looks around. That's failing there for you. Nice. All right, we'll go to uh, Lindsay. Um, you guys can see what looks to be like a, a young female tiefling um, with uh, decently short hair that's pulled back, um, uh, almost slicked back. Um, and she's got a, a little bit more jewelry than normal, lots of bright gold uh, piercings. Um, and she has a blank expression that you can't quite tell what emotion she's necessarily feeling and is just eyeing up everybody else in the room. Um, not in a necessarily judgmental way, but in a quizzic way. All right. <laughs> Sizing yes. up. Sizing up. And then we got uh, Ozzy. Hello. Um, so what you see is a uh, mechanical looking creature. He's got a, a humanoid build with uh, what looks like his uh, muscular chest exposed, but it looks like it's made of metal. And his face, as anyone who would recognize, is a Warforged character. And he's got uh, this long coat that flows down, leaving the chest exposed with uh, metallic shoulder pads and gloves that seem to be actually built into the frame. Uh, standing at seven feet tall, he looks like a very intimidating figure, but he says, uh, oh. I'm finally, I'm so glad someone finally broke the silence. I was feeling really awkward there. Nice to meet you guys. My name's, my name's Galahad Five. How, how are you guys? <laughs> I'm going to love listening to this character. All right. Great. And then we'll go to our course up. Uh, so what you see is a very unassuming, standard-looking human walk in and he has uh, black studded leather armor. Um, it's been dyed black and very, um, very well fitted. And he has a simple dagger on one hip and across his back though, uh, or, or on the back of his belt, you notice uh, a satchel. And he's got, uh, he's got dark black hair and uh, tan skin and he strolls on in and looks around and takes a moment and sees the the dragonborn um sees sees margo there and then looks over and sees the warforge and is just kind of taking in each person and then just kind of shrugs it off of and uh, takes a seat As you guys are all kind of sitting down, breaking the silence, <clears throat> you kind of notice the door open up a crack. Uh, you don't really get a, a good look at the the gnome presiding inside, which you can kind of like notice a little bit of a, a, a dark shape, a uh, very small stature in size on the other side. Just crack the door open and you're like, all right, just a minute. I'm just getting my next set of interviews uh, set up here. So uh, there'll just be a little bit. Just hold on there. Thanks. <laughs> Slams the door. And the rest of you are welcome to chat the sounds away or sit there awkwardly, whatever you like. Finally, somebody else speaks and he offers out uh, a hand covered in armor out to Galahad. Hi, nice to meet you. He says, it is my pleasure, friend. What was your name? Galahad. My Forgive designation me. is Galahad Five. Ah, yes, Galahad. 
Five. I would call, hello, Gav. It is very good to see you. It's ni nice to see you too. So, uh, what brings you all to Harper Duke? I mean, I guess, I guess it's because we're all here for the, you know, the, the watch, but uh, any, any particular reason? It's the festivities, my friend. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I think, uh, I think it's, you know, the smaller towns usually have easier targets. So maybe, maybe I figured get a little more coin throughout this. And uh, I'm just saying, they seem a little distressed in there. So maybe we can squeeze a little more, little more coin than uh, what they're offering right now. You're a merchant? Well, um, a merchant of items that are not my own, but yes. I do not understand. How do you sell items that you shouldn't sell? Uh, I'd, uh, I'd like to acquire them uh, with magical means and then sell them throughout. It's, it's, very, it's a very fun way to do it, you know? Uh, a magician? Yes, 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 yes! Uh, and I'll pull out a deck of cards and I will, I'll start playing around with them and uh, just try and whip them away from in front of you and put them back into my pocket. Yes, very much a magician. Truly fascinating. Whoa. What's your name, magician? Well, me, I'm Phelan. Very nice to meet you. Phelan Rock, at your service. Phelan. Yes. I can do this. This one is silver. Perfect. You said uh, you are you are Zara Cantament? Yes, my name is Zara Cantament, Terek Trentenberg. Very, oh, very... Terek Trentenberg. Very nice. I don't think the structure of my face allows me to pronounce that name properly. <laughs> Please. Do your best. Zer, 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 That is wonderful, my friend. You can call me Zera. Zera. Yes, Zera yeah. will be fine. We'll call you an annoyance. He says, oh, it's not very nice. Oh, well, that's pointy. These pleasantries are so unnecessary. What is the point? It says, it's so much better pleasantries, my dear. Oh, please. As if any of our destinies will be entwined enough to even need to know to, or understand each other. This is so trivial. I personally think it's quite interesting. This is an interesting lot of people that seem to have all landed in the same area. Unfortunately, that seems to be the case. She's scary. <laughs> Just a lot, yes. Uh, at that comment, Nebula mutters under his breath, you don't know the half of it. You, speak up. No, no. You, speak up. What What did you just mm -hmm. say? Um, nothing. That uh, these fine lie. folks have no clue what we're in for. I hear the job could be uh, quite dangerous, and uh, I'm just hoping to get through the day. Zara will, will put a, a hand up on Gal's shoulder and say, careful, my metal friend, a lover's pet. Oh. I've known enough about lovers to be burned. Don't try me. The last one ran away. Oh, oh my. <laughs> A man promises you a single drink and suddenly blips out of existence. Men are worthless. <laughs> and on that note, 
Uh, <laughs> Response not found. <laughs> you see the door kind of open up once more, a bit wider this time. And you see kind of a portly gnome, a big old beard, kind of almost like imitating uh, almost like a dwarf-like beard. He's got like the three braids going down, like two on the side, one in the middle, salt and peppery, uh, big bags under his eyes, just looks kind of generally exhausted, mm-hmm. um, has kind of like a crowns or a, a, a citizen's watch uh, coat on, a uh, blazer that's kind of this dark blue embroidered color with the uh, crowns guard sigil uh, on the right side pocket, um, big muddy, big boots, jeans, uh, pants that are kind of scuffled up, Looks like he's been really busy all day and this is maybe his second job. Like, it just seems like generally just like, you know, the uh, Citizen's Watch is more of a volunteer position. So more on his hat and his, and his party just looks like generally exhausted. So he opens up the door and just says, all right, hello, um, last group of the day. Please, please come in, come in. And he just opens the door up for everyone to get in. There's a few chairs kind of lined up in front of his gnomish, a big desk for a gnome, but kind of just a general, <laughs> general-sized office desk. Comes down. There's general. Uh, there's portraits and pictures of his family, little gnome wife and little gnome kids. Uh, pictures of him shaking hands with the with the crown's guard, uh, watchmaster, captain. Um, just like a general, just like office space setting of just like trivial. Are there kind enough of chairs? Are there enough chairs for all six of us? Uh, there's there's six chairs in there, but they're all kind of like gnome size, so they're a bit like smaller for your stature. So you kind of just have to kind of make do with what it is and kind of awkwardly fight, make yourselves comfortable. Sorry, there. Yeah, God. just you know, gnomish city. I, I I didn't have the proper chairs today. It's been kind of a, a long one. Um, I'll just get you to sit. Like, if you if you prefer to stand, that's fine. Uh, some people sit. Whatever uh, you know, whatever whatever you like. Um, all right. Uh, so, you're here to join the uh, the citizens' watch, then, hey? That's correct. Yes. Hopefully, if it is lucrative. And he just kind of is enthralled with the Warforged standing there with that shining armor. He's like, hey, Greetings. You are beautiful. And this being in a industrial city, one very obsessed with weaponry and, and tools and building and crafting is just very taken aback by the design of this Warforged and just... He kind of gets up from his chair and just kind of waddles over to you and just starts like, just starts inspecting you. Kind of in your, if you had a sense of like personal space, it would feel kind of invaded because he just kind of comes up to you and just starts tinkering and knocking on things and just kind of like lifts up your arm. He's like, this is some exquisite work. Um, Does this happen normally to you? We don't get too many wolves. We'll just wanted to join the crowns god, but... I'll take what we can get, that's for sure. And then puts it down, then waddles back to his desk. Um, all right, so generally, I'm going to just ask you a series of questions uh, just to see if uh, you would make good for the Citizen's Watch. Um, it's not a very uh, 
tough job. Most other crowns guard will come in and aid you with any more of the serious business. Uh, but, you know, generally there's a lot of partying going on at night. Uh, a lot of drunken people doing silly drunk things. Uh, we want to make sure that they're having a good time, but don't light anything on fire or start any bar fights, uh, playing with explosives, you know, that general thing. Just trying to keep the peace in our lovely little gnome town. Uh, but I will ask just some general questions just to get things going. Uh, do any of you have any combat experience? Hey. I wouldn't call it combat if it is one-to-one, -one, but I've, I've had... Uh, you said no bar fights, so I would not count those either. But um, I, I've, I've fought some regular bears. One time I fought a bear. I made it out alive, so it's good. But that, does, does that help? Yes. Yes. Very impressive. I mean, we don't have a lot of roaming bears in Hopperduke, but... Uh, uh, I must have gotten the last one then. That's okay. Did you recently hear about an arena that had a very misfortunate little explosion? Oh yeah, I I, I remember somebody in one of in, in the pub last night. He was telling me a story of something in the city of of Brass. It was kind of a horrific event. There was many people killed. And, then that's and all you need to know about my combat experience. She's scary. <laughs> it, every time she speaks, it just gets higher, and I love it. Uh, yeah, duly, yeah, duly, duly noted. And he just starts writing down feverishly some notes on a, on a notepad. I've had some trainings in the arcane arts. Oh, you have? Uh, what, what sort of magic do you know? Is it... This and that. A variety. This and that. What school of magic does that pertain to? This and that. I don't know. Is that? I don't think it's necessary to say at this point in time. Fair, fair enough. All right. Uh, this and that school of magic. Possible murderer. Uh, all right. Uh, I'd say I've handled my fair share and am well enough equipped to handle this job. And at this, uh, if this person makes eye contact with me as we talk, uh, my character has the feature Heart of Darkness. Anyone who looks into my eyes can see I've faced unimaginable horror and they are that I am no stranger to darkness. While they fear me, they would help me uh, even stand to fight alongside me if need be. So this is just a moment where Nebula makes eye contact with this guy and that's all he needs to really say. Just a single tear just <laughs> and rolls you are down his gnomish, bushy, bushy, uh, round face. <clears throat> um, you okay? I'm fine. I, I just had a hard day, you know. This, <laughs> this is my second job, and you know, I have, I have a workstation. Uh, in the assembly yard, and I'm just, it's been 12 hours already, and I just, you know, I just want to see my wife and kids again. This, I'm sorry, I, you don't need to know my troubles. I, I feel it, I just feel, you know, when life throws your lemons, sometimes you can't make lemonade, you have to make with orange juice, and I just feel 
like salad is kind of, I don't know. I he just starts to like try to <laughs> get himself back up. He's like, yeah. Galahad slowly, like sort of awkwardly, like leans down and like awkwardly puts a hand on his shoulder and goes, There, there. It's okay. <laughs> I can see you've had a hard day. You know, everyone has those days. You know, it, it gets better. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Galahad. I think I needed that. I don't know where that came from. That's... It's okay. It happens cold? to the best of us. Very cold right now. I'm um, a dragon. I don't get cold. Fair enough. That's very, fair. very always warm. Um, all right. Uh, you, you there? He points to Phelan. Yes. Uh, how was? How would you say your? Uh, Diplomatic skills are from like one to ten. Would you be say you're somebody who's uh, he kind of looks down his, at his at his notepad, uh, very approachable, uh, uh, not approachable. Uh, no one would come near you with, with a ten foot pole. Uh, people um, approach me. I like approaching people more than they like approaching me most of the time. Um, but I think I am a very very approachable. Very approachable. Yes. Does that mean I get the job? <sighs> Probably at this point, I might just pass most of you because I just want to get the fuck out of here. Um, all right. Um, yes. I got goes, the job. Goes, goes <laughs> down. Congratulations. Experience. Oh, thank you, Galahad. Thank you. Um, uh, have any of you... Uh, would, uh, would you say that under duress... You're able to uh, keep your cool and uh, be patient and, um, and and help the less fortunate if need be. Um, he kind of says this generally to everybody. Absolutely. I'm usually the least fortunate in fights, so I help myself all the time, yes. If that's what the job entails. I can agree with that. If that's what the job entails, I will do it. Margot just kind of chuckles to herself and she goes, she just repeats, if need be. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'll never guess what Galahad says next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then lastly, uh, you know, it's a very obviously we're known for our, for our partying and having a good time. Uh, it's kind of a daily occurrence around here. Uh, have you ever been, or will you? Do you think you ever will uh, be seduced by uh, alcohol, uh, substance abuse, or, or anything that might uh, take your focus off the job? I've never eaten or drank anything in my life. Oh my. Well, forges are so easy to work with. Um, anyone else? When I find yeah. my slimy little friend, I'll be tempted by some high-class brandy, but until then, I'm sure I can resist. <laughs> well, my friend, from one to ten, absolutely, yes. I See, this is a joke. But otherwise, no, not when on jump. Okay, I, that's good to know. I will definitely be tempted, yes. If that's what the job entails. Yes. 
Oh, because you said the thing. That, oh, that's smart. I like that. That's great. <laughs> How like, nudges. He nudges him a little bit. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Oh, okay, well, I think that's all I can handle for tonight. Um, so we do have a little bit of a uh, probationary period, just so you're aware. Uh, it takes a couple days for the first for, for the first week's pay to come, just to make sure, you know, we've had issues in the past of people wanting to get paid up front, and then they just leave. What? And then I have to handle all the work. Yes, I know. It's, it's, it's a scary occurrence, but it does happen. Um, I'm so sorry you have to deal with that. That sounds awful. You have no idea. Oh, um, he has children. He's a master of bad ideas. Carry on. Oh, so mean. I would have to agree with that. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Burns don't just come in fire, I see. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> Okay, so, all right, I think if you're okay with the probationary period, I think we could make this work. Uh, we do have an inn um, for, for, if you don't have a place to stay, we have a couple inns for honorary uh, citizens watch guards that you're welcome to take part of. Uh, you will have to meet the watchmaster captain, uh, Bram, uh, Bram Gulch. Wattle, Goldschwattle, is uh, is amazing captain of the Crown's Guard. Very awesome individual, as you can see. I got to meet him personally. Hired me for my very first job, and he's a very nice man. What's that? Congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you very much. It was a very it's a very high day for me and my family. But uh, he will have to meet you just to kind of okay everything. Uh, uh, but I think we can go from there. Uh, if there's anything else you wish to uh, ask of me, now would be the time. Uh, well, do, do we need to do anything special for Bram? Do I need to put on like my fancy perfume? Is that what I need to do? Or do I like... Um, good, just go as is. Uh, fancy perfume? Yes, yes, I do. Here, wait, here. Yes, it's sniff. Can you smell? You said you don't eat. I don't have a nose. Well, so Mar Margo, <laughs> well, Margo, Margo, like, li like, kind of peeks her head over, sniffs it, and she's like, oh, I didn't know it was physically possible for you to smell worse. All right, then. <laughs> okay. My heart, Margo, my heart. Galahad puts a hand on your shoulder and goes, I think it smells nice. I have... You, you can't, you just... Said yourself that you can't smell. A for effort, A for effort. I appreciate it. Fair enough. <laughs> it's okay. And the note, the, uh, Abby just kind of looks over to, to Margo and is like, um, we might have to take you through the uh, Citizens Watch sensitivity training a little bit. Just <coughs> like I believe I'm not the only one here who has sensitivity issues. Fair enough. That's. Sure. Yep. That's fine. Um, this one can't even smell. Yeah. He hit you again on the chest, Gavin. Before says, you another before joke. You pick, before you pick at my sensitivity, maybe consider your own and the rusty ale flagon over there. 
Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, you know what? You're all fucking hired. How about that? Yeah, that's great. Fucking Jesus. Yes. Christ. And he kind of gets starts to get up from his chair uh, to kind of usher you to follow him to come to come meet up with Bram. And as he does, he gets up from his chair. He just kind of kind of slips a little bit. And you hear a bunch of cling 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 cling, bunch of bottles, uh, glass bottles, kind of smashing together under his desk. And he kind of sits up again. Oh, sorry. Let's try that again. And just kind of slowly gets up. Um, kind of reaches under his desk with a drawer, puts up this nice fresh bottle of uh, brandy that's very popular inside of Hubberduke. It's like, well, we're not on watch yet. Why don't we have a celebratory drink for us? Hey, does everyone here enjoy libations? Or is, if you, I have other stuff if you don't like it. I'll take that. I'll take that. Like no, Margo's Mar- 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 like, yes. But, uh, I'll take Galahad's cup. <laughs> 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 I, I want to look at I want to look at Galahad and be like, "Are you waterproof?" <laughs> I don't know. More importantly, you should try to become fireproof, my friend. That would be very <laughs> helpful. Yes. Nebula's gonna pick up a shot and say, "To new work." To new work. To the citizens, watch. And if that is what the job entails, sir. <laughs> Marco, Marco takes her drink, and before shooting it down, she like kind of says under her breath, I wonder if this is what I would have shared with him, and like slams it down. Oh. So you take a big swig, and this, it's, a, it's an interesting sensation. It goes down really smooth, um, and it's ice cold. But when you picked up the shot, it felt room temperature. Uh, and you kind of, it has this kind of almost gold slogger-ish uh, look to it, where it's this clear liquid with kind of silvery and gold sort of metal flakes kind of rolling into it. And as you put it down, this icy cold liquid just shoots down your gullet. And then as the liquid kind of goes down your esophagus, though, you can kind of almost feel those metal shards just sting and like etch the insides of your of your of your muscles inside, almost almost like a like a really hot spice, but it's like kind of painful. Uh, and then and then as that pain kind of comes and subsides, it finishes with this weird fruity aftertaste, like a guava and like blueberry pineappley finish. It's this odd roller coaster of of sensations. Is this the lemonade that you were talking about earlier? Uh, yeah, my own lemonade. brew. Made it in back of my house in my tub. It's, it gets me through the day most days. Uh, but this will uh, get you through the week. Woo! Yeah, it really gets you on a roller coaster of emotions, doesn't it? I have no idea why people are talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I think I understand the reason you cry if you drink this. Helps block the emotions in my head as well. Anyway. Off to see Bram, and he just kind of falls over a bit, and then waddles over to the to the exit of the uh, of the recruitment center for the Citizens Watch. And you find uh, who yourself. is he? Who is he shaking hands with in that picture? Uh, Bram, the cool. the Crown's Guard uh, Watchmaster Captain that you're about to go meet up with. Uh, cool. But as you find yourselves back on the streets of Hupperduke, kind of looking up. This whole time you've been in the office, you kind of hear the muffled sounds of fireworks. 
you hear music kind of echoing into the street. You look up, you see those hanging lanterns all over the place, streamers kind of being thrown all over by by gnomes, by buried creatures, some uh, younger, some older. You see people kind of, you know, hand in hand, swaying, uh, arms around shoulders, leaving pubs, going to the next. And this is just a daily occurrence. This whole city is just known for being this loud party city at night daily. Um, but as you're kind of going through the streets, kind of some of you kind of bumping into people, kind of going through large crowds. Um, Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> you find yourself coming uh, to this kind of fork in a road. You've all been coming down the straight, narrow path, and the path kind of wi- or separates into two other paths, almost like in a Y shape. And as this happens... All of you hear this loud bang, huge explosion erupts over to the left side of you as as this structure is imploded with stone and brick that just flies across the streets. The piece of the evening is shattered by the deafening crack of a massive explosion that rocks the southeast part of the city. At the base of the mountain, shards of rock spray the sheet the street 100 yards from where you stand. Heavy smoke billows from a cavernous hole in the mountain wall as you shake the ringing from your ears. Six cloaked figures appear in the street, running from the source of the explosion and charging straight towards you. What would you all like to do? Nebula puts his hand on the hilt of his dagger and he says, to new work, and dashes forward. That's you show me up as he pulls the rapier out. Margot conjures uh, like a single leg fire in her hand. <laughs> I am super excited. <laughs> I try to find a spot to hide behind. Faces. <laughs> Come, gal. Do you have a shield? And Lindsay, are you joining too? Yeah, I won't assess what everybody else is doing and what she sees, but that's what everyone's doing. She's like, the force of the explosion just knocks Audi on his gnome by goes, oh god! <laughs> just falls backwards. And we're all gonna roll initiative and go to our roll 20 map, everybody. Initiating combat protocol. Galahad's so cool. That music is You want us to roll in roll 20 or can we roll on our own? Uh roll roll on your uh, on your dice. With your, with your real dice. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm going to roll and roll if that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, not, to, not to flex, but uh, I have a plus zero to initiative, which is the highest I've ever had on a paladin. Just saying. <laughs> so I'm just going to get your guys' uh, tokens in here. It's because Galahad has a hard time buffering. <laughs> <laughs> he goes low in initiative. He's just like loading. 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 Error 404, combat turn not found. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's see here. Tokens, tokens, tokens. Let's get them tokens. Sorry, I thought I had these uploaded already, but they are not showing up. Take a second. Where are you? 
Right, oh yeah, I, for, I forgot to mention in my description because I, I'm nervous, guys. I've never done this before. Um, but um, so Galahad's uh, metallic chest is exposed, and in the center, between like the metallic pectorals and the metallic abdominals, there's like this smooth, uh, circular-looking crystal core. And when he draws his sword, it starts to glow slightly yellow. Ooh, that's that fancy. Guys, just trying to get the tokens up. Also, for all you guys hearing that beep, you can shut that off in the settings. Uh, oh, for the roll 20. Yeah. Yeah, there's enable background chat beep because I'm going to be rolling on here. I don't want to like have you guys have to deal with that fucking beep all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're shut off. Not that I enjoy the little quite quite good, but a little here and there, but not all the time. Ah. Okay. Let's see how this uh paladin crew can front line. <laughs> Alright. Systems are go, I think. So we got Galhad in there. We got Nebula. We got Aylan. Got Marco. While I get these tokens up, what do you guys just describe you guys preparing for battle in the meantime? Cool. Yeah, I, uh, I will go ahead and uh, pull out my uh, uh, one of my daggers as I try to find a door or something to just duck behind or hide behind so I can get out of their line of sight and, you know, be able to maybe get an attack or two in sneakily before they can catch me. Um, and as I do, I run through. I'd also forgotten my fancy a little bit, but um, you see that uh, Phelan's hair is, is, his fur is mostly brown, but you see at the tips of it, it's frosted out. So trying to get that cool 2000s cool boy look, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's I have that right now, but you can't see it because <laughs> <laughs> Backstreet Boy Rogue Look is immaculate. What it is. Perfect. Love it. Are you the bug bear? Yes, yes, I am. Bug Street Bear. <laughs> bug Street oh Bear. Alright. 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 I'm Bug Street Bear from now on. It's all. Who are you hiding from? Everybody! Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no. Every bonus action is I use coming, coming action to hide. <laughs> Great. Oh, there we go. Have we got tokens now? Yeah, there they are. Nice. Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah.
All right, should be up there now. So if you All haven't right. keyed on by now, in, in social situations, Galahad seems to be a bit more nervous, but once combat starts, cool, calm, Rocking and collected. On. <laughs> and ready for battle. <laughs> Every time. Gets me. Amazing. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, I think we got all your guys' stuff in there. Sorry about that. I thought that was in there already. Um, okay, so. With this music, I just imagine that it's like those those um, turn-based RPG games where like all the characters are just sort of like yeah. <laughs> on their turn, just ready to go. I'm just getting some mad like uh, city fight vibes is like dancers are going by in the dragons and we're on the other side watching because the enemy's on the other side we're like waiting for that train to go by a moment <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah so they're definitely when you guys are the big explosion erupts and you see these six hooded kobolds coming out of this structure, and they're being led by this hulking, goliath, gray-skinned looking creature. Um, we'll get everyone, if everyone's rolled initiative already, we'll just start with uh, the order. So let's go from uh, 20 to 15. 19 here. Uh, uh, 15 to 10. 14. Let's say 12. So four is 14, 12, and 11. Okay. Okay, and 10 to 5. I got 6. 9. <laughs> 9. Okay. And then right up the rear. Marco. Okay, so right, out, right off the bat, this group of kobolds and what's what you can kind of seem to, to make out is a goliath-looking creature rushing into your direction. And as you guys pull out all your weapons, all your gear, you go to meet them head on and they just kind of smash into each other. Um, but the goliath-looking creature rolled highest. So they are going to go first. And I gotta ask, how tall is this Goliath? Huge, like seven foot, huge, beefy frame. Um, also has, well, doesn't have a hood. Uh, doesn't have a hood on either. Um, but uh, looks feminine, uh, from what you can tell. Um, but has kind of yeah that that really light gray white skin with some of those Goliath-like markings on the arms that kind of look like almost like tiger stripes on like the face and on the arms. Uh, very kind of basic garb, kind of 
brown leather furred um, battle skirt around and um, uh, heavy leather chest piece on as well and big iron bracers on each um, each wrist. But as this happens, it's gonna go nice. Feet. Nice. move in this general direction as they're kind of just leaps and bounds faster than the kobolds at this point, but not enough to kind of meet you guys. Start there, but they kind of see you and kind of readying to clash into each other. Um, it's just going to hold the position there. They don't have... No, they don't have anything. So that's about as far as I can go. Um, up next is, uh, oh no, sorry, actually my bad. Zara, you were first. 19. You're that's first, fine. and then scan. I was looking at the wrong thing there. I'll, uh, he'll make his way all about to here-ish. Um, while running and saying, I hope some of you know military formations. As he sits down, kind of settles down with his shield, uh, grabs this this little necklace that he has on, uh, and does a little bit of a whisper, and you see a, a shine glow around as he has a shield of faith on himself. Nice. That is so cool. Then he'll pull his rapier out and kind of like make a, a shield wall looking formation, beginnings of it at least. So the rest of you just kind of see uh, Zera take the first first steps in, in combat, rushing out, grasping that, that talisman, that symbol. All of a sudden, this bright, elusive light just kind of outlines his form and just puts one knee down on the ground and makes this very defensive, um, very defensive stance against the oncoming onslaught. And then up next, we got Skin. Skin. So kind of seeing the rest of you kind of going to meet them in the middle. Uh, this barbarian who's just jettisoning forward, coming out of the smoke cloud, out of the explosion, just kind of skids to a halt and just sees you guys coming to engage and lets out this, um, unsheaths this huge longsword and kind of just stays there ready to meet you guys head on. And uh, after that, we got Galahad. Hostile action detected. It's going to move up. Oop, I grabbed three people by accident. There we go. Galahad's going to stride forward with his heavy metal footsteps. He's going to stand next to the legendary Zeracantament. Did I get that right? Please oh, yeah. get that right. Yes. Zeracantament. <laughs> Galahad's going to take his... Uh, Galahad's going to take his shield and thrust it and slam it into the ground. Look next to um, Zeracantamant. Shield wall established. And he's going to hold his, um, his action to when the barbarian comes in range to engage. Okay. So the rest of you, I've, I've kind of been, those of you who have been uh, engaging with Galahad, he's had this very like playful, very like comforting demeanor. And as soon as that phrase is initiated, hostile actions detected. The eyes just kind of light up in his kind of 
his movement has been a bit loosier, loosey goosey, just go just in straight like edge point hard mode, and just just rushes over towards Zara, mimicking his movements like pinpoint perfectly, putting down a shield on the ground as well to mimic that shield wall tactic. So good job there. Um, up next, we got Thelin. Oh, yes. Um, I am going to go ahead then. And as I look at the barbarian running towards us, point my dagger over at him with one hand. And with the other, I will uh, point my open palm at him. And from the middle of it, a firebolt will... Uh, uh, yes, a firebolt will arch out as I try to hit him with it. Yeah. First attack um, of the game, let's go! Yeah! yeah. Oh, oh, hot finger a natural one right there! <laughs> oh, no. oh. Now that's how I like to start a campaign. That's how you start it. <laughs> the rest you know what's all here? <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> The rest of you see this bugbear just kind of settle up beside you, trying to look cool, trying to impress, flip flipping up that dagger, and I'm guessing the, the firebolt comes out of the dagger. Yeah, so flipping up in the air, trying to be all cool, has a couple magic cards in his other hand, or not magic cards, <laughs> playing cards up in his hand. Maybe magic cards, it's D&D, why not? Uh, playing cards in his other hand, trying to look cool, and as soon as that dagger drops, he just kind of... <laughs> As the dagger blade just went right into his hand and he wouldn't catch it at all. He just goes, ah, 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 and just kind of runs around with his now bleeding from the hand. Wasn't paying too close attention. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and use my bonus action to see if there's any spot that I can hide behind and uh, cutting action hide if I can. Um, maybe somewhere around here if I can, like right, I was trying to get there, like behind this wall or something. Or uh, sure, yeah, because in the, in the initial kind of coming out of the streets, uh, the Goliath has only seen uh, Zara and Galahad. So if, uh, yeah, you're just about out of out of eyesight from that corner there. Um, okay. You also have um, this this sort of tr- this bush Ooh. right here that you could hide behind as well. Um, if you want to get do more that instead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do have them in the so I'll go do that. They're kind of walking up towards you, throw a dagger in the air, throw some playing cards around. <laughs> and then you just kind of rush over to the bush so you don't make any like horrid noise sort of hide the fact that you really effed that up. Um, <laughs> all right. Up next is uh, the kobolds. All six of them. Thanks. So right, as, so right as this happens, the Goliath sees Galahad and Zara meet them in the street pulls out the long sword, see, uh, kind of looking around to see if there's anybody else, and just shouts out, no witnesses! And the They'll three, be fine. The six kobolds with their hoods down take out their weapons and start to make their way towards the fight. Here they come! <laughs> you know, I don't know what their deal is either. Yeah. Like, they could very well be here for a very good reason. <laughs> all running at kind of Nartuo-like speed, head down. (laughs) It's about as far as they can get. And actually, they have 
and crossbows. Uh-oh. So they see the two of you out in the street. All six of them are going to make... They all kind of come out with their short swords. And through their cloaks, they weren't able to see all six of them in unison take a stance. All fire their hand crossbows. And while they are in unison, they will have advantage on the attack roll um, because they have pack tactics. The kobold allies are within five feet of the creature and the ally isn't. We're not within five feet of them. Does it say within five feet of the creature? Oh, nope, sorry. I read that wrong. Yeah, it's five feet within you, not of each other. But they will still all take a shot individually at the both of you. So three will shoot at Zara and three will shoot at Galahad. All right, here we go. So these three will be at Galahad first. Uh, that's a 14 to hit. Miss. Miss. Natural 20 on the second one. Ah! It's baby, num- <laughs> baby numbers. Hand crossbows, who cares? <laughs> and third one is a natural one. Yeah. So you got one crit hit there, and they'll do three quickly on Zira. Uh, unnatural 20 on the first one. Miss. 14 on the second one. And, oh, that's going to miss two. That's uh, eight on the third one. Shield wall, baby. Shield wall. (laughs) Never (laughs) fails. Never fails. Um, Okay, so you see the cobalt's kind of in unison. All just these heavy crossbow bolts fling at you. Your shield wall tactic, putting down. Flying and ricocheting off. But one is just able just to penetrate pass as it kind of ricochets off the ground and just instantly Galahad oh. just kind of looks up to see something just goes right into his uh, his neck quadrant up in there. <laughs> and this is going to be <laughs> gonna double oh no. the dice. My voice modulator. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna oh, do no. a double double dice for the uh for the crit attacks instead of double damage. Thank you, Merciful. So that is, ooh, not that great. Nine points of piercing damage to you, Galahad. Oof. As that one bolt, you just broke, broke formation for just a second just to kind of peer up and snaked you right in the neck. Um, and as Galahad is just kind of shocked a bit as this bolt just kind of sinks right into the crevice of where sort of his his neck uh, his neck gears are kind of aligned with his chest piece just right into that crack so it just kind of sinks into your inner inner gears and inner wires there for a split second there <clears throat> damage sustained and then after that we come to Miss Hendrix alright um, Jules seeing that both of uh, the two paladins have stepped forward and are forming a perfect team. Uh, she's going to step forward right in between them and use them as cover. Um, and she's going to draw the petrified eye of moot from her component's pouch 
and use that to place a hex upon the um, the giant that's in the center there. The um, Goliath. Okay. Goliath. That's what I meant. Um, onto the Goliath, and then you're going to then use Eldritch Blast in order to hit him. Um, Nice. Eldridge Blast! Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I'm gonna blast him. Anyways, I just start blasting. Blasting! Um, it's a 24, I believe, for that. Jesus! 24? Yeah, that's gonna hit. And nice. I roll a d10 for damage. That's. Plus my charisma modifier, which is five to seven. Plus a d6 because of the hex. I roll the hex damage. Mm. That's a one. I rolled a one. So one more. (laughs) So eight altogether or ten? Nine altogether. Nine. Okay. Yeah, nine. So I'm wrong. It's eight. I miscounted. I added the numbers on. No time. worries. So the I rest of you, <laughs> so the rest of you taking your shield stance, when seeing that bolt just kind of just ricochet this volley of heavy crossbow bolts, smash against the shields of your of your newly introduced compadres. The uh, Jules Hendrix just sidles up, grabs that, puts on. So it was a wooden pendant. Uh, Newt's eye. Newt's eye takes out the Newt's eye, and this sickly green energy just sort of manifests from her from the from her center chest, and almost like behind her, this the, the sickly green aura almost emits these like ghoulish figures off of their shoulders and their back, kind of kind of not becoming no details of any kind, but just these sort of silhouettes that kind of pertain to people as they just reach out and go <laughs> huge blast, just smacking the Goliath right dead center as they go up to kind of chop it with their sword. They slice the blast, but in doing so, the two parts just hit them right in the center of the forehead and in the chest, making them slide back into the uh, stone street where they got hit. Um, and she's going to lean towards the two paladins and be like, is that acceptable? This will do well where you take a step back. So I take a step back. <laughs> also, Yerpy. Yeah. Uh, did you? Did I just not hear or mishear you? Did you pick a thing for him to def, uh, stave to have disadvantage on as part uh, of the hex? Oh, no, I didn't pick a thing. Um, okay. I'm going to pick a uh, strength. Uh, they now have disadvantage on any of the Disadvantage on checks. Okay. Um, yep, ability check. Okay, so I'll put a little skull there on there for the hex. Good job there. Up next, we got Nebula. All right, so uh, seeing this shield wall sort of form up and everyone doing their thing, um, Yerpy, you just took, did you take cover back there around that bush or did you just kind of get away from them? Uh, I just got away from them. Okay, and uh, question, Dice, do you count that bush that uh, that Moose is near as uh, as cover at all? Uh, 
Yeah, it can be. It's a fairly large bush. Uh, like about, you know, five feet high or so. So you could kind of like crouch down and get behind it a little bit. Um, depending on where you are, though, like... Yeah, because there's a, there's a little bit of steps blocking that. But yeah, you could make it cover if you kind of like got down on your knees. Okay, cool. So, um, oh, did Moose just... Did you just move? Uh, no. No, sorry. I just, I just oh. moved out of the way for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, so... I'm going to. So Moose was right over near the uh, right over near the um, spot in front of that bush and house. I am going to bolt over to uh, to him, and Nebula's going to run straight at you and yell, "Hey, big fella, how about a lift?" And he's going to have you boost him uh, as he's running up onto the roof of that house behind you. Oh, nice. Okay. So, how would you like me to do that? Yeah, make an, uh, an athletics check at advantage for him throwing you up there. If he right. helps. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll just have... I'll, I'll have... Uh, just opens them. <laughs> yeah, I'll have... Uh, I'll have Phelan make a strength check to see if he can physically lop you up there. Okay, cool. Don't step! Don't step! <laughs> Here we go. All right. Because I got a 23 and a 22, so you let me know how you did. I did terrible. Um, oh, plus zero for strength, but I rolled better than a nat one this time. I rolled a two. <laughs> oh, no! So, unfortunately, uh, Nebula, you, you just met this this person, this bugbear. The, the timing is just not quite right as he's kind of focused on the battle and behind the bush. All he just sees is just turns around to the left and you're just straight darting and just, how about a lift? You go, ah, ah, ah. Run right into him. As he was just not expecting that and just, you just careen into each other and fall into the bush. No. Okay, cool. So we fall into the bush. Then uh, uh, that was my attempt at an action. Um, so with that then, Nebula uh, realizing that that's not gonna work, uh, is going to position himself. So if we've clashed into each other, uh, I assume I kind of like rolled to the other side of him. Um, yeah. uh, Nebula is going to shake that off and he's going to stow his dagger and he's going to reach his hand uh, back into that bag. Uh, but now he's out of view of most everybody because he's back there, uh, except for uh, except for you, uh, gosh, Moose, your character's name, Phelan. So uh, Phelan is going to see Nebula reach his hand into that bag, and it's going to go to, like, elbow deep as he withdraws a longbow from inside this bag. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, and that'll be my turn. Okay. So you see, uh, no, does not, not everyone can really see that, I believe. So yeah, kind so of focus forward. So just you, Phelan, you just kind of rock into it. He rocks into you and you go, ah, Jesus. And then you just kind of start to get up. And you notice him kind of dust himself off and then reaches his hand into this bag satchel of his and just pulls out this extremely long longbow, just like <laughs> pulling something huge along out of the bag out of Harry Potter and just kind of has it by his side. Just weren't really expecting that. Somebody's packing a punch. <laughs> All right, uh, and last but not least, we got Margot. So Margot's gonna see everything that just happened, 
and just audibly roll her eyes. <laughs> she's oh, she's like, all right, I have had enough of this. So she's gonna stroll up right between the shield or right in between the shield wall, and she's gonna whisper right behind Galahad, and she's gonna be like, if you thought I was scary before, watch this. Um, and she's gonna cast second level shatter right in the center of everybody. Oh, <laughs> but here's the thing: it's not gonna come out as a deafening noise. It's gonna come out as a dragon's roar, high pitched, loud. Galahad like visibly jumps when she whispers behind him, and then he does it again. The fucking roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. That's so. Each character in a 10-foot radius, so I'm going right behind the Goliath, right in that empty spot. Has right to do, here. Uh, has to do a constitution saving throw of 12 or more. All right. Let's but just... if they fail, they still take half of my 3d8 damage. All right, all right, all right. That's here. So that's going to be... Yeah, that's all of them right there. Um, so we'll do constitution um. rolls. It reminds me of an old flame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So con, con, con. Uh, that's thirteen for the Goliath. So, do you wanna do you wanna roll for them and then have me roll immediately after? Because otherwise, we're gonna be rolling for seven different people. Right, we'll just do one damage for everyone. It'll just like encompass them all. We won't do individual damage types. Uh, what's what's the DC on the on the con save? Just so I can do it faster. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, it, it's just twelve. Twelve. Okay, so uh, the Goliath succeeded. They got thirteen. The kobolds. Oh, they're coins in the dice tray. One. Uh, it's twelve. You said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kobold one fails. Kobold two fails. Kobold three fails. That was two nat ones and a two. Kobold four fails. Kobold five. This is scary. Kobold six fails. One kobold and the Goliath succeeded, and the other five kobolds get hit. Uh, What's the uh, damage on that? All right, let's see here. Oh shit, one's at eight. Okay, so we're looking at, okay, eight, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 points of damage. Hey! Yeah! <laughs> okay, this is gonna be interesting. Can you just imagine hearing a dragon roar so loud? You're like, what the fuck? Oh, and I don't want to. <laughs> 15 points of damage. I would like to petition to give um, uh, Red Queen here their very own fi- frightful presence. This passive. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That wasn't already active? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, as this happens, Margot walking up, just child's play of what's going on in the bush over there, not even knowing what they're doing. Seeing just two people stat- like just put their shields down, do this amazing tactic. Jewels coming up, Eldridge blast right in the face of the Goliath. Phelan and Nebula smash into each other behind a bush, and then Margot saunters up behind the three of you and just says, "I got this." Just starts putting one hand up forward, whipping the other out, and the clouds above you just start to 
don't like it's at night, but you can just feel this humidity, this rain, light rain just starts to pour once more. And this sudden lightning bolt just goes down right down in the behind the Goliath, but you don't hear a thunder or sound. You just hear this as this huge streak of energy makes the form of a, of a dragon just coming out through the clouds and just flying straight down as the kobolds and the Goliaths just kind of look at, at Margo just waving a hand in the air. They're like, what are they doing? And they look up and they just see this huge red lightning visage of a dragon just flying straight at them, <laughs> exploding all the kobolds into just rippled ash and dust as flying body parts takes out all five of those kobolds as the Goliath has their 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 long sword up blocking the majority of the hit <laughs> flashing down one kobold just kind of ducked under the kobold to take cover like a human giant shield as the rest of the kobolds are just smashed and just obliterated into stains on the street. I'll hail the queen. <laughs> so she looks over at Galahad and she kind of whispers in his ear and she's like, was that enough for you? As these five kobolds are just kind of like flown to the side, some have an arm fly off. One has like an arm ripped off and they're all, their, their corpses are just, <laughs> just slid down on the side. Um, some are still intact, and some of the ashy remains of, like, a head gone or an arm or a leg just stain the streets of Hupperduke. So, good job there. Um, up the top, we got uh, Zara once more. Zara will uh, first look back at Margot, and he will say, That's what's horrifying. <laughs> Good work. Before rushing forward uh, and kind of kind of shouting out uh, back behind him, try to surround him. We can take him alive. Uh, before making uh, no, he will hold his attack uh, until. Double cancel. We're taking the dodge action. He's going to play defensively up in his face. All right, so you're saddling up right up to him, and then you're going to hold your action to dodge? Yep. Pretty much running up to him, smacking up the... smacking the shield, and, like, he's a he's a very live kind of fighter. He keeps close to the ground, keeps his shield up, and has... the rapier is more of a when-you-fuck-up kind of tool. So he's up there just kind of defensively moving around, kind of just trying to keep attention on him. Okay. So you get right up to his face and just get up in a defensive stance, kind of surrounding the Goliath, making sure that, you know, this kind of pincer movement is starting to take place, covering all your bases. And then up next is Sken. And after looking back and seeing pretty much all of all of the kobolds that were helping uh, helping her out are just laid to waste on the floor. Their corpse is still smoking from uh, from the blast of the shattered spell. Gen just says, fuck this, and just starts running forward. So I'll take an opportunity attack uh, from you, Zara. Sure. We're going to go for non-lethal leg damage. <laughs> Ooh. 
And that's going to be wherever I have dice to attack. There they are. Ba -ba 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 -ba. That's not great. It's also not the worst. It's a 13. So what was the attack numbers, right? 13. 13. Not enough. As you go and try to sweep the leg, they just put their longsword on the ground. It's kind of leap up and just this huge long jump ahead as they just start booking it forward. <laughs> and as they get around here, right around there, suddenly you see them kind of put their hand up, wave it up like this. And you notice that a ring they are wearing just starts to glow this infinite bright blue that flashes and they bam, smack the hand down the ground. As soon as that happened, this huge burst of dark cloud just surrounds their entire body, obscuring all of your vision as a fog cloud spell just erupts in, in their vicinity, effectively just blinding you from their path and they have just taken off into the night. <laughs> Dang it. But you do have one kobold still here as they've just kind of like been doing this on, <laughs> on, on, <laughs> behind the Goliath after that huge spell took place and they just kind of look up and go, huh? Can I use a, no, I can't use a reaction on my <laughs> I see my reaction to attack. I was like, I just want to say something with Cobalt. You can say something if you like. Uh, uh, he'll look down after after he disappears, look down at the Cobalt, and he says, in Draconic, he will say, drop your weapon, friend. You do not need to die here. And there's kind of like shaking around. <laughs> can Margo like give him a death glare from across the way and just like subtly just be like... He just kind of, kind of holds position. He's like, "No, no witnesses." He's <laughs> just kind of questioning himself in his own standoff -ishness. Um, But after that, we come to Galahad. Okay, so first things first, Galahad will uh, look back at Margot. Your combat prowess is noted. And then he's going to stride forward to the Cobold. Uh, who I'm guessing hasn't dropped his weapon. Not yet. He's just kind of standing there shaking with it, sort of judging whether he's going to continue or or not. He's just kind of making a making a judgment at this point. Judgment, you say? Well, Galahad's going to take a longsword strike. <laughs> Here we go. Fuck off. It's a nat 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nat 20. This poor Cobalt. Oh, God, I wanted to do that to the bloody Goliath. Oh, well. Um, let's go non-lethal. Can I pommel strike him? Is that okay? Not with a critical hit. That's like, bam. Well, all right. Vivisection it is. Um... Okay, so you flashing step damage. up, and he's like, no witnesses, and you just go, wham, and just like, you know, that, that sort of mode that you've enabled when you go into combat, just having a hard time overriding, like, back to your 
normal uh, way of operating. And that, that, that aggressive side, aggressive programming just took over. And you just wham, just hit him incredibly hard. Just take your, your long sword, just come up to him, up to his shoulder. And it's a little bit frightening for the rest of you as this, again, this, this, this warforge that has this kind of calmly attitude to the at the start, just walks up, puts a hand on the shoulder, just takes a long sword, just just skewers the kobold all the way up to the hilt and just holds him up. And as this happens, the kobold putting his hands on the long sword, as you're just holding him up with like your one hand with the, the gears and the hydro pressure, just able to come at him with immense, immense force, holds your long, long sword and says, no witnesses. And puts his hand into his chest and ignites a switch and goes and explodes right in front of your face. Everyone within five feet, that's just going to be Zara and you, um, are going to take... Or sorry, going to make a uh, dexterity saving throw, the two of you. We like that. 14. 14? Um, that is going to be... 22, and I was dodging, which... That's right. Nice. I guess gives you advantage on that, but I don't think I'm going to get higher than that, yeah. Yeah, you're good. You both succeed, but you'll take half damage from this. Just two points of bludgeoning damage as the cobalt just <laughs> explodes right on the hilt of Galahad's sword, spraying blood and guts and, and armor pieces and weaponry. But Zara, you kind of like were already in that sort of elusive stance. And once again, you just kind of set up to Galahad as this brunt of the flame and explosion just burns his metal. Was this, uh, could, was this considered magical damage? No, it was not. Excellent. Good to know. Um, all right. So with that... Hostile removed. <laughs> He'll come back out from around his shoulder and be like, Gal, what the hell was that? The situation was handled. The hostile did not surrender. He says, ah. you got to give someone more than half a second to surrender, Gal. He says, the thing was basically pissing itself. <laughs> I, I'm going to walk up right behind Gal in between them and be like, I'm not going to lie, I'm quite fond of the method. And he says, you do fine work, but there comes a point where you must learn to stop. And he says, what do we have now? Bodies. Bodies and one thing that escapes. We have no information. And he says, Lest you can find a well-scripted note of exactly why they're here on one of their bodies, I'd say we're shit out of luck. Not all of them are destroyed. Why don't you do what you just said you would and go look them over then, instead of just talking? He says, oh, you are going to owe me so many favors after this. Every shot someone offers you from here on out for a week comes to me. One for each kobold I'm about to check. I'm sorry, but if somebody ever offers me a shot again, I learned my lesson the last time. I don't think I'd accept. He says, then you'll accept for me. It comes straight to my mouth. He says, bitching along the way. He says, he's going <laughs> it comes straight to me, and you will not forget next time. She's going to look over at Galahad and be like, he's awfully chatty. 
So Kevin, just to be uh, to be certain here, uh, that that Goliath that covered itself in fog and vanished into the night, it ran in the direction up that street to the left, correct? Seemingly, it's hard to tell though, because there's a few different areas that could go. It could go gone behind some of those houses. It you know it was a fairly big fog cloud, um, but you, the general direction it was going to was like around that way. Now, did it cover its? Did it cover itself in the fog, or was the fog separate from it, and it ran through that? Just so I know, was it covered in the fog, or? It kind of it kind of put its hand down, and then kind of the fog just kind of emitted around it, and then but the okay. radius of it is really large, and then it just kind of took off from there. So it's kind of like emitted itself in this huge, obscuring, dark, thick fog, and then just sort of ran off. So it's kind of hard to determine like where it would have gone because it just kind of it was in the center of it. Well, did the fog follow him? No, it just kind of stationary. Like after the fight happened, the fog just kind of slowly starts to dissipate after a while. It kind of lingers for a while because it is a magical spell. Um, but after that explosion kind of happens, poof, kind of the, the 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 force from that explosion would kind of dissipate some of the fog cloud a little bit. Um, but it's slowly dissipating, kind of going off into the night. But we'll go back to uh, Zara. Did you want to check some of the yeah. cobalts? He's just checking all the bodies as methodically as he can, trying to get anything he can off of them. Okay. Uh, uh, what? If any of their eyes are open, he will he will close them. He will be as respectful as he can to the bodies. Okay. Uh, did you want to search for anything specific or just general, just seeing what's on them kind of thing? I mean, I'm not trying to dig into their chests because they might explode, but uh, we are looking at anything that they have on their bodies. Clothing, uh, search through for pockets, bags, anything that they have, any weapons that they're carrying on them, he'll also just kind of like start collecting in his own bag. Okay. Uh, why don't you make an investigation check for me? Perfect. That's my highest set. <laughs> it's my dump stat. It was a ruse all along. Uh, investigate. Oh, it is a plus two, though. That's a 19 investigation. 19. Um, okay. So just kind of looking generally at the cobalt, they don't really have... Uh, much on them since they're part of their sort of arm flew off to the side, scorch marks on their body. Uh, you don't notice any like parchments or, you know, anything of great importance. You do notice that um, that there's a sort of a deep crimson mud staining its feet, uh, which is a bit odd since they're on cobblestone streets right now, mm -hmm. um, sort of stone streets. Um, but other than that, noticing that, there isn't really much that you can kind of ascertain. Uh, there is also um, a lead key hanging on a cord around its neck. We're going to go ahead and get that key, as well as any hand crossbows or weapons they were carrying. Yeah, sure. And uh, each one had, um, but some of them have kind of been blown apart from the right. from the uh, from the attack so quickly just kind of going around seeing what's on them you can probably out of the five that were shattered probably uh, two hand crossbows uh, and a short sword that's intact still gotcha now would you describe uh, so nebula at this point has 
uh, like he's at the bush and he watched that come to a conclusion. And so he stood up and he stowed his bow right back into the bag. So kind of nobody really noticed that yeah. uh, except for except for Phelan. Phelan. And uh, real quick before I proceed, would you describe the process in which that last one self-destructed? I uh, just went to his went into his chest and just like flick tend, tend to flick something. Okay. Um, so first, uh, he's gonna nebula under, gonna under like the chest piece, sort of uh, oh, leather, leather uh, armor that they had. Sort of went under it. Went. Okay. So to Phelan, uh, real quick, as Nebula stands up and stows his bow, uh, he's gonna explain to Phelan. Sorry about that, but. Uh, Perhaps next time we'll get it right. Just the old boost on up. Uh, <laughs> you just came running at me. I was hiding behind the bush so they couldn't find me. And then you came at me. I thought you were one of them. I was like, okay, maybe I tried to push you away, but it's just... It's no, no, it is my mistake. It is my mistake. And uh, next time we'll get it right. Now, okay. I'd like to go yes. see something. Uh, and so talking and just kind of pop her head around the bush and be like, where were the two of you during that fight? The rest of us seem to be attacking out here. Were you behind the bush the whole time? <laughs> Not the whole uh, time. Well, I didn't start the fight here. And I, I just say, uh, um, oh gosh, your character name, where did it go? Uh, you are So, So I'm going to say, well, you know what they say, a uh, fighter on the field is worth two in the bush. Uh, and I'm going to just walk out. Oh, from the distance. <laughs> I can guarantee you Jules does not know what that saying is, so she just looks like, what are you talking about? I think I personally just took 1d4 psychic damage. <laughs> <laughs> and Nebula's going to walk over because his whole goal after, like he's joking around, but he has a goal right now, and he wants to go check into that self-destruct thing, and he's going to like peel back gently, uh, checking for traps, essentially, the breastplate of any kobold that is still intact in that area. Yeah, um, I'll say make an investigation check. Cool. See, Jules, down here I had good eyesight onto like all of the cobots, so I could get like some good shots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a five. A five. Um, yeah. Okay, so you go over to the cobalt and you're kind of like... Uh, and you're kind of sussing it up because there's like some kobolds that have like their torsos pretty much intact. There's some that have limbs ripped off, scorched marks, bit like half intact, half ash and kind of crumbling at the side. Um, you kind of look at one kobold and you kind of see it's, it's a leather armor piece that's still intact. And you're kind of trying to like find a way to kind of you're being you're being cautious here you're like okay i want to take this off but i don't want to set it off and you're just kind of not really sure how to get into it without In setting it off so you're just a little cautious at the moment but uh you're welcome to try to ask somebody else to like maybe help you out to try to see if like you can work on it together uh so oh yeah i'm gonna say to uh galahad uh you there friends gala galahad was it? So Galahad sort of like just sort of shakes out of combat mode and goes, Oh, uh, yes. Uh, oh my goodness. I, I am covered in blood and, and parts. And is that in my neck? <laughs> Pulls out the cross. You saw how this worked, right? You 
Excuse me if I'm overstepping here, but you ought to understand a little bit more about mechanisms than the average bloke. Um, mind giving me a hand? I think this one might still be, and I'd like to get a look. Could you help me, well, I don't know, not do what he did? I can definitely try. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm banking on the fact that Galahad actually watched it happen. Yeah, so I will get Galahad to roll uh, an intelligence check just to see if his burning red-hot rage mode was able to <laughs> intact oh, no! the memories, uh, uh, connect the memories from uh, from his, his usual mode. Twelve. Good enough. So you, uh, the explosion happened in front of you. You kind of just go into your memory banks and you just kind of, just little flashes, almost like a photography work going in your head. Enhance. Accessing memory Enhance. banks. Enhance. It doesn't uh, work like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you kind of re- like remember and kind of visualize the cobalt reaching into like this sort of secret side pocket that's kind of carefully stitched to kind of make flesh or flesh with the rest of the uh, leather breastplate kind of went in and, and flicked a switch. So as you go over to help um, Nebula, uh, you kind of show him where that slit is in the armor piece for him to kind of Un, un, unlock the um, the leather breastplate. The switch appears to be on the right-hand side, so try not to detonate it. That did hurt a little. Uh, that's duly noted, and Nebula, still very gingerly, is going to unhook this thing to get a look at it. Okay, so I'm going to have you roll a medicine check for me. Okay. That's a nat 20. Nat, nice. (laughs) I was like, don't fail me on this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you go in and just expertly just focus very intently and kind of put your hand inside the the side secret pocket, kind of unlifting a flap, and you can kind of just sort of barely see kind of where this acorn-shaped like explosive is kind of attached um, in the middle of this of this chest piece, and you kind of go in. Do you have Tinker's tools at all? Uh, I do not. No. Does anyone have Tinker's tools? No. No. Okay. Do you have a dagger on you? I do. Yes, I have a dagger. That's what I got on the hip. Okay. So using your dagger, you can just kind of see kind of these strings that are attached. Uh, holding his acorn in place and just kind of a like it's it's expertly done but it's just barely kind of holding together at this point from the explosion so you just cautiously kind of kind of cut off these um these hint these this apparatus that's holding it in place you just very carefully take it out and as you're doing that You just hear this ticking going inside of it still. Cool. Uh, so when I undid that, did I did I see like a switch or anything, like how it detonates? Uh, well, you can you so you you successfully taken the app the the this acorn-like explosive out of its the apparatus that was holding it in place in the chest. But now the now you're just kind of as you're hearing the sound, the first instinct that kind of comes to your mind is like, how do I 
like dispose of this. <laughs> okay. It's clearly like that sound is like obviously it's counting down to something. Like, okay, I've got I have it now. Now now what? Anyone good with good with bombs? Uh you there, Al Alvi. Are you any good with whatever this I, is? I mean, I can I can try if you here if you give it to me um I can if you want I can like at least get it away from us Can you toss it in the air I can hit it with a firebolt <laughs> I can get it far enough and you can hit it there yeah Um I'll go ahead and cast mage hand and um nice. move it over as I as I put my hand out to you Nebula I can I can take it off you Uh and I will just kind of hold it out in such a way that like if he had a mage hand it could take it from me Galahad okay. just slowly raises his shield looks <laughs> take it up uh, 30 feet up into the air uh, Margot do you want to shoot it so uh, Margot just immediately like lines it up in her sights and just does like a flicking motion and then just like a firebolt kind of emanates from the ring that holds like she holds on her pointer finger, she just flicks, and there, there just shoots off like what looks like a sparkler. All right. Yeah. Do you have to roll the hit, or is that just? Uh... Uh, it's. Uh, let's see here. It's just. All right. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> That's a sixteen. Good enough. Yeah. So this made this bugbear-like hand sort of puts um Phelan, you kind of put two of your your bugbear like hands underneath nebula and you're just like here give it to me and then you're this spectral spiritual bugbear hand just kind of floats through nebula's hands taking the solid acorn like explosive up in the air and as this spectral hand kind of goes through your hands nebula it's a bit of a chillish touch almost just like this cold breeze just goes through your hand you kind of feel it like almost touching like your bones and the meat of your hand almost as it goes through. It's just a very like, like icky kind of feeling. And then it goes through up, 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 up in the air. And Margot sizing it up once more, just taking a step back. That ring on the finger just starts to glow white, hot and red. Like it would be like if it was just placed into a pit of lava and then huge explosion erupts into the sky, kind of marking and masking kind of the fireworks that have been going off at this whole point. But this one definitely a lot louder than the initial ones in the vicinity. And then as that happens, You know, that looks a lot better when it's not right in front of your face. <laughs> uh, Nebula, as this explosion happens, you kind of see that and you go, ah, all right, good. We disposed of that. And then you kind of slowly turn around and notice there are four other bodies behind you. Oh my. Make, a make a perception check. Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Ah, uh, that's not bad. That is going to be... 18. 18. You then just, because you're now listening for it, hear the faint sound. Of <laughs> are where, like, I, I, I would imagine you've probably 
gone away from the kobolds at this moment? Or would you be standing next to them? Uh, wherever Phelan was, I would have like, because I went over to hand it because I was like, hey, does everybody know? Yeah. So I suppose I would have stepped away to like bring that to them. Yeah. I would imagine that you you guys would have kind of like met each other in the middle of the street. So as this happens, you kind of just like put two and two together and go, oh shit. And then behind you, four of those discarded cobalt corpses goes, <laughs> the shockwave of the combined explosion just shatters all of the windows around you from all of the people's homes and shops and buildings around you. And you all kind of, oh, and kind of step back as rubble from the stone steps just kind of careens your way. And as this happens, you kind of hear the marching foots of a crowns guard troop going, coming towards you. And then this figure, this very noble gnomish man, very well-dressed, clean-shaven, goes, hey, what the hell is going on around here? And it looks exactly like Bram Guthwaddle. And this is where we're going to take our first break. Oh. oh, my God. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around. Hope that was a fun first little half of our session there. Exploding kobolds are always fun. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, be announcing the winner of the of the Familiar Dice giveaway right after the break. So hang in there just a bit, and we'll see you guys in around 10 minutes. Ooh.
Hey, we're back. All right. Thank you guys so much for sticking around uh, for, during that break. But it is time to reveal the winners of our Familiar Dice giveaway. Um, thank you all so much for everybody who entered this contest. We had tons of people participate in it. Um, we got a winner from Familiar Dice's uh, Instagram, and one from mine, uh, and randomly decided uh, through, a, through a picker who was first at second. And the runner-up, so this is the second place winner, the one who will get a D20 uh, from Familiar Dice, is Your Inner Idiot. At Your oh. Inner Idiot wins the D20 second place surprise. So thank you, Inner Idiot. And the grand prize winner for a full set of Familiar Dice dice is, oh, wow, what did I say it was? I'm already forgetting. Ah. Crap Toast Master. Nice. At nice. Crap Toast Master. So there you go, guys. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for participating. You can bet your bottom dollar. We will have more giveaways uh, for these streams. I've got a lot of uh, dice makers and D&D makers wanting to give away things for you guys out there. So thank you guys all so much, and we'll see what we can give away next week. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. That was really awesome of you all to be involved in that giveaway. There was tons of people, so really appreciate it. But now that that is out of the way, back into the story. So when we left off, having encountered this giant explosion emanating out of, out of a nearby structure, followed by a bunch of hooded kobolds and this big hulking goliath, you guys met them head on. The Goliath, unfortunately, was able to escape through a fog cloud spell, but you guys dispatched all of the other kobolds into dust, um, figuring out that they actually had inside of them these acorn-like explosives that set off when Galhad just ringed one through with the longsword and exploded right in front of his face. Um, you were able to dispatch one of the acorn explosives successfully, but unfortunately, forgetting about the other ones that were right behind you, exploded in unison, causing all the nearby windows to shatter and the buildings around you to be kind of in a mess. And right when that happened, a troop of Crown's Guard uh, came to suss out what was going on, led by Bram, the watchmaster of the Crown's Guard that you saw portrait of in Aubrey's office. So addressing you all as you're around all these cobalt corpses, Bram shouts out, What's the meaning of this? What's going on here? We dealt with some kobolds. Um, they exploded, though. We said that there. Where were you? We were busy with things on the other side of Aubrey. There's not many of us, you know. Aubrey, are you, are you with these people? And you see the little gnome just kind of on his butt from the second explosion because he's a bit bottom heavy, kind of getting up. You're like, Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, Bram, I'm sorry. This has been kind of a rough week. Uh, these were the new recruits for the, uh, for, for the for the Citizens' Watch. They wanted to join up, but uh, there was a giant explosion coming out of Gear Hall Prison over there, and a bunch of hooded kobolds came out, and then there was a Goliath. I've never seen her before. I don't know. Do you know what this could be about? No. No. Kobolds. And a Goliath. That's all I know. It got boom. 
Zara says, uh, Zara's taking a very militaristic stance at this point, a soldier's stance. He's got his uh, rapier resheathed and all that. He looks at the commander and he says, permission to speak. Granted. He says, though all of the kobolds were dispatched, one did escape. Not a kobold, but a goliath, by my looking. He says, they'd used the magic ring of some sort caused a fog cloud to appear around us. We could not track their motions any further. They may still be within the city's limits. Wait, wait, wait. Did this, did this Goliath have mockings, tattoos, face, arms? Yes, the Goliath did have a face and arms. Affirmative, sir. True, true. He did. Damn it. And he just kind of... with Goliaths that don't have faces and arms? <laughs> And the Bram will just kind of like ah, just get really frustrated and start kicking one of the kobold corpses off into the into the side. He goes, God damn it! And just oh, fucks it. And it goes, looks to his crown's guard and says, It's skin, skin, skin. Zabras has escaped. Go search all of Hubbardduke. We need to find her instantly. There shouts out, Skins and braces. Skin Zabras. She's a prisoner of war. We captured her not that long ago for crimes against the Dwandelian Empire. I don't know where those kobold, hooded kobold things could be. And this kind of looks up and kind of, ugh, kind of wipes off some of the blood and guts that he did from kicking the kobold corpse just Hold then. On. Can I, can I kind of like uh, playfully look at him and be like, careful, there might be more bombs hidden somewhere. Well, it looks like you took care of that. Look at my city! And he turns around and all of the shadowed windows behind you uh, just in pieces on the ground. (sighs) Look, I... You're... Look, obviously we're not well-equipped to deal with this right now. You wanted to join the Citizen's Watch. Are you looking to make some coin? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Too much coin. Aubrey, do you got the badges? And Aub- Aubrey just kind of gets up, goes, see, ah, yes, I had a few. I was going to wait for the probationary period to kind of end. He's like, we don't have time for that. Give me that. And just kind of snatches the badges on and just goes, here. And he just kind of puts them on your whatever armor or anything that he can kind of pin a badge on. And uh, these badges are kind of a kind of gold, uh, gold badge um, that has a symbol, copper and gold badge that has a symbol of the Citizen's Watch and the and the, the uh, sorry, the guard uh, symbol on it that was on Aubrey's breast pocket coat. It kind of pins them all onto you and if you don't have any sort of garments that could be pinned on, it just kind of puts them in your hand. It's like, you official crowns gods now. If anyone gives you any trouble, you wave that badge and they'll listen to you, understand? Wonder. Wow. I've Absolutely. never had a badge before. This is awesome. Oh yeah, let me tell you, you are now above the law. It's amazing that I have. Do you have the badge? We can, yes. I, we do whatever we want. We now, we save the world. This is it, perfect. Oh. We're not saving the world, it's not that crazy. I just need that goddamn Goliath back in that cell. If you're looking for gold, I'll give, whoever brings in that Goliath to me, puts him back in that prison, I'll give you 500 gold, no questions asked. Does he have to be alive? Preferably, but oh. if it's if it's not if it's not possible, bring the body. But that Goliath needs to be back in that cell, one way or the other. 
I mean, considering we dealt with exploding kobolds, I mean, the chances of this guy deciding to explode as well seem pretty high up there. That I have no idea about exploding anything, but I'm now leaving it up to you so we can go suss out if there's any more of these things around. Look, I'll give you guys 250 gold right now to seal the deal. Do you agree to let bring her back to us? Sounds good to me. And Nebula will hold out a hand. Is this the money guy here? Uh, yes. The job entails. I'll do what we need. Oh, he did the thing. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. I got Yes, Galahad, he didn't do, indeed, do the thing. Nice. Just kind of snap his fingers as he goes, pay the man. We don't have much time. We don't know how far they've gotten. And then one of the crowns guard kind of walks up to you and just has a purse and just puts it in your hand. 250 gold. A little bit of gold. A little bit of brass. You've got yourself a hunting party. And he turns around and uh, slips the uh, bag of gold into his bag. Uh, It's in the bag. I... We'll divvy it when we're done with the job, shall we? Perhaps when we go for drinks in just a moment. I don't think I've ever actually drank before. I think I can, but um, I'd like to try. I didn't get to before. Eh, It was a very good drink, I can tell you that. I suppose in one way you can test your metal. Before, eh? Is that so? And he'll, he'll put a hand on, on uh, your, your shoulder there. He says, you will tell me of this before later. For now. And he'll look up to the captain and he'll say, we must know why. Why are we hunting this person? You said prisoner of war. But they have connections. Not any prisoner of war walks into town with information of the city and kobolds backing them with carefully planted explosives, devout, ready to give their lives. For what cause? I need to know. Why am I fighting? Make a persuasion check. Sure. But depending on his answer, he might have to make one too. Uh, That is going to be persuasion as plus six, so that is going to be a 17. 17. So as you kind of, you know, you've been pretty, pretty straight, you've been a pretty straight shooter this whole time. You're showing a lot of respect for his position right off the bat. Um, what I can tell you is <coughs> Skin is known to be for Okay. Connected to the Dwindalian Empire has gone rogue. Okay, hold on. Pause. Was that extremely laggy and didn't catch any of the first part for anyone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will you please restart that? You seem to be moving normally now. What I can tell you is all I heard, then you froze. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, And he kind of looks down and he's like... What I'm privy to say about this 
is that Scan is known to be working with a a rogue engineer that has been known to be crafting some illegal weapons of sorts by the name of Stalmast. But we haven't seen him for quite some time and there was some illegal trading going on and trying to get some money under the table, but his position was taken away. We raided one of his factories, but he was not there, but she was. This was only just a few days ago. We hadn't much time to question her, interrogate her of what she knew, but looks like it wasn't soon enough. And she escaped your custody? Looks like it. Didn't count on exploding kobolds to break somebody out. I see. I mean, who would? That's totally really left of field. I've never encountered exploding kobolds before. I don't think I've ever encountered kobolds before. Anyway, it's our mission to bring that Goliath back, and that's what we're going to do. You're absolutely right, my friend. Sarah just looks at him for a moment longer, and he says, these illegal weapons that they were making... What makes them so much different from the weapons that are made here? Yes. Or were they illegal because they were selling to somebody they weren't supposed to? He just kind of nods down at that gesture. I see. And now they have something against the city or those who harmed them. He says, if you would let me ask who was in charge of them before, if I were ever to, try to find out uh, perhaps who was responsible for their disposition. That we the can discuss. Important. That we can discuss when you bring back Sked. I suppose that is fair enough. And he'll uh, bow his head a bit and then go back into a soldierly stance. And Nebula uh having just agreed with Galand about, uh, yeah, we're going to go hunt down the Goliath, is going to then uh, say out loud, sort of in the direction of everyone, well, it sounds like we've got ourselves a regular old job. And then he's going to turn and make eye contact with with Brom. And he is going to say, a regular job. Right, uh, trying to make an intimidation check, uh, utilizing that uh, that moment of heart of darkness. Oh wow! So, like, what are you trying to insinuate, though? That like it's it's not a regular job, or uh, this is basically me. Like, uh, I guess if you want better wording on that, looking at a regular old job and nothing, we're not already expecting, right? Don't fuck me, bro. Yeah. 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 It was a very <laughs> cheery call to everyone, like Galand and everyone was like, Yeah, everything's yo. Let's just go do this hunting party. Just a regular old job. Right? Right. Yeah, roll uh, roll, <laughs> roll intimidation. All right. That is gonna be oops, plus that is a sixteen. 16. 
So once again, you kind of gesturing to everybody right in that cold stare <laughs> meets Bran's eyes. And once again, just looking at it for like a split second, just really taken aback. And then you see that single tear <laughs> start to collect in the corner. But instead of letting it roll, it just goes and just kind of slurps it back into his eye socket. <laughs> Straight. Uh, look, I don't know what you're insinuating here, but I don't know anything about this. If you're here to help, we'll gladly accept it, but I'm not trying to shortchange you in any way here. And that the meter just immediately drops as he goes, wonderful, shall we? Oh, right. Let's just kind of like shivers. It's <laughs> like starts to wander off. He's like, was there anything about these kobolds that you can tell me at least? Was there anything odd or different about them? No, I destroyed them before they could do anything. Yes, there is something. And he uh, will walk over to the one that was uh, somewhat kind of sort of intact. The initial explosion one, because at least that one was close to the ground. Yeah, you go over to a leg. He'll that's point to the, <laughs> yeah. the feet and point out the mud that is on them. And he'll say, does this clay have anything, any information that it gives you? He says, I'm not familiar with the local lay of the land. Kind of picks it up and goes, oh, okay. Interesting. He just kind of looks over to the crown because, like, maybe some of the hunters can find out about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're gonna take this over to our team. Why don't you guys go check out the Gearhole Prison and start there? Start looking for clues as to where they might have gone. Appreciate the help. And he kind of just takes the leg and just goes off with the crown's guard. We'll be in contact. And then takes off. It was excellent. Like his portrait. He sees. Is it just us six now? So it's 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 the six of you right now. The Crowns Guard have kind of he's just kind of gone off to his other group of Crowns Guard. He's kind of seeing directing traffic. Like you guys go kind of over there. Why don't you guys go down these streets down here? Uh, Aubrey is just kind of on like just kind of standing there within everything. Uh, kind of looks at you six and goes, well, that is unexpected. Um, good luck. Welcome to the Crown's God. Yes. I'm very excited. Mm. All right, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. All right, see you later. And he just kind of starts to waddle off. You said there was a place we can, you know, lay low for the night if we needed. Is that still available? Uh, yes, yes. After you've done some of your investigating, uh, come find me. and I'll, I'll take you over to the, the Citizens Watch Inn where we put down some of our new recruits. I'm going to go down to the Copperstone Pub for a while for a drink. You want to come meet me there when you're ready? I'll see you there. I need a the night off. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, who's, yep. who's standing closest to Nebula? Mm. In this uh, instance, who would it be? Have mm. not left command yet. Oh, wait, no. I mean, I well, he's been interacting with last. <laughs> yeah, I think it would probably be, be uh, if, feeling. If okay. you were front line, 
actually, if you were frontline talking with the captain, so was uh, so was Zara. Okay, so he's going to yeah. lean over to Zara and just kind of say, it's nothing important, he just kind of leans over to Zara and he said, make a note that he just said that's where we put down our new recruits. I'm, I'm sure it's not, just, I'm sure it's nothing, but that's just what he said. I did also notice that. He said that's where we put down our, and like if Gal, if Galan like chimes in, he goes, okay, yeah, you heard that? You heard, you heard the little guy say that's where we put down our new is that, a, is that a turn of phrase? I'm not aware of it. So Margo's gonna Margo's gonna go over to Galahad and start picking off cobalt chunks and like flicking them to the side and be like, uh, I think y'all are reading a little bit too into this. He did seem extraordinarily <laughs> tired. Responding to Jules, he's, uh, Nebula's like, oh yeah, no, it's, well, okay. We would want to go lay down and the cobalt's got put down. You know, it's nothing. It's it's fine. It's just, you know what? Let's go to the jail. If you think being put down is bad, my friend, have you ever been strung up? Much different, I can assure you. Have you been strung up? At those, uh, have I been strung up? <laughs> Tell me you joke. Very funny joke. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yes? Are you very good at uh, uh, the tracking? Can you find uh, people? Uh, I can I can talk to people around town to find people, but I'm not very very good with the tracking. If you mean so like uh, out in the wilderness, I am I have I'm not I don't have much experience there. That can be a benefit to us. It is very hard to find somebody eight feet tall in a city of people who are roughly three. There, I say they will not be able to fit into most buildings lest they crawl. I have had issues with that. He says, our search will likely not be very hard fought, but still, anyone here, and he kind of is addressing everyone at this point, he says, anyone here with the capability to perhaps uh, maybe check for tracks or anything of the like nearby, maybe our best lead, and if we find nothing, in prison. Okay, I will. Uh, I will start following these tracks then, um, and I'll, I'll go off into the um, the eastern direction that the, the the smoke bomb had gone off in to see if there's anything big enough to maybe even look like the tracks of the um, our friend. Zara will try. To... While that's happening, Galahad will sort of look at the well, not look, but like feel the uh, the the crossbow bolt hole in his neck, and he'll sort of. Uh, go into more of a rigid stance. Activating repair mode. And uh, he'll lay on hands himself for 11 hit points. Awesome. Okay, so you guys kind of are looking at Galahad as he just like kind of walks. It's kind of like his rigid movements when he goes from like mode to mode. It's just kind of like kind of catches your eye. It's very kind of sudden. Just being like walking casually, like healing mode. (laughs) And just kind of stand up straight. And then the dent from the metal on his neck where that pierced that hole just kind of just kind of stands there and any pupil in his eyes just go blinding white for a moment and the metal around his neck just starts to as it happens the um the sort of uh circular crystal more of an oval ovular crystal um in his chest does sort of uh glow a bit more intensely (laughs) 
this light just starts to pulse in the middle of the chest as bent metal starts to sort of put be put back in its place, almost like a dent. Someone's just folding out a dent and making it flush again as the metal just starts to just connect to each other once more. Uh, but on your way to <laughs> on your way to Gearhole Prison, uh, it's easy to see the metallic sheen of many tall steel plates affixed to the mountainside. Uh, the outer walls of Gearhole Prison. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I can say that again. It's easy to see the metallic sheen of many tall steel plates affixed to the mountainside. The outer walls of Gearhole Prison. Moonlight and still smoldering fires frame the billowing smoke that pours from a gaping cavity in the rock and metal, uh, marking the violent escape route taken by the Goliath and her accomplices. Um, as you kind of approach this site, you kind of notice that members of the Crown Guard are kind of surrounding this area, kind of protecting it on site, uh, keeping people away, just kind of Gingerly, some no like the crowns guard gnome saying nothing to see here. Move along, move along. Um, and as you kind of make your way towards this hole, one of the to one of the crowns guard just, just kind of stops your group and plays like, "All right, all right, nothing to see here. It's far enough. You can continue on. We got it from here. It's okay." Very, very uh, respectfully, he will show the badge that he just gotten, and he'll say, "We are here on business." That was a, I made a while of this week. Uh, so Nebula actually drifted out of this group uh, as we were walking towards, uh, as soon as he saw that line of guards, Nebula sort of walked a little slower until he was sort of lost in the crowd. Uh, and Brom is not here with them, right? No, he's kind of, he was, he was off directing, because uh, the Crowns Guard generally, like from what you've seen, it's not like a militia, like a normal, like mm-hmm. a big sort of, you know, they're not the New York police force. They're more of like the Rhode Island police force. <laughs> like they're just like a small group of guards um, that do their best to kind of police this huge party town, but there's not a ton of them. Um, you can cool. kind of just see that from first glance. So the Brom walks there. up and stands next to Zara and says, you heard the man on business. And so they see Brom standing now there. Seem most excellent. Very easy. Your captain's already here. Uh, make persuasion check at advantage, because that was dope. All right. Perfect. That is going to be a 22. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> this kind of like stop like, oh, Brad, oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Watchmaster, uh, I, I didn't know these these people were with you. Um, and then he just kind of looks down at your at your pins that you have of the the badges that you have. Like, oh, oh, I see, I see. Okay, yeah, no, uh, uh, no problem. Yeah, I, what, what's your purpose? Are you, are you here to investigate the the explosion? Do you want me to take you somewhere? It's just kind of looking to you, Bram. I've selected new recruits in order to help follow through on some of this. We're short-staffed as it is, and I need you men keeping these people and the city in check. They know you. They respect you. I can't send new people out there. They won't. They'll be wrapped up in fear. You understand? 
Uh, of course, of course. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have. I should have. I should have never. I, I, I apologize. Uh, just a little shaken up this time of the evening. Uh, Steal yourself, soldier. I understand. Now, we'll be entering in. Show them anything they need. Right. No problem. This this way, sir. This way. And he just kind of starts to lead you guys into uh, the prison. Um, so, leading you to sort of the scene of the break-in. Um, you're going through sort of the big, huge explosion entry point that happened on the side of the wall and you come to a 10 foot wide hole edged with twisted steel uh, and jagged rock that opens up uh, above a pile of rubble Uh, beyond the hole is a badly damaged stone prison cell little more than soot stained walls and an overturned bed charred on one side a uh, thin skylight above the hole matches others alongside it in the steel wall and was apparently uh, the cell's window. A mangled chamber pot is embedded in the right wall uh, where you notice inside of here as you approach, uh, sort of hunched over, looking down to the ground, sort of inspecting something. Uh, you notice a man, uh, older looking man, probably... 45-ish, scars on the face, big, long, white salt and pepper beard, uh, probably goes down to like about here, Um, has salt and peppered hair that's kind of tied up in a massive ponytail. The ponytail kind of comes down to his side. Um, Big, long leather coat dripping down to about his calf muscles. Uh, Sleeves kind of rolled up has these nice brown scuffed up leather gloves on him, has a has a breastplate that's black metal, a couple of leather straps around it, and the rest of his visage is just kind of like black and silver adorned armaments and guards garments. Um, and he has a giant uh, sword on his back and this ripped to shit, tattered red scarf that's kind of around his neck, the kind of lays down across his black uh, metal breastplate um, and kind of looking up and like half of his, his, his hair is kind of shaved on the sides too. Looks like it was kind of like a, a job that he do, does himself as you can notice some nicks on the side of his head, some scarring. Um, but you notice uh, that the human uh, in the long leather coat is pulling it um, from the stone. The, the mangled chamber pot has been in the right wall. Uh, they're pulling it from the stone. Um, and they pocket three charred pieces of paper uh, from the brass pot before turning and acknowledging your presence. Ah. Good to see someone else is on the investigation. As my name is Zara. It's my pleasure to meet you. Who are you? New recruits there, Bram. That's right, we just got promoted about 10 minutes ago. Nice to meet you, I'm Galahad Five. Considering the position we're in, I figured we could use all the help we can get. Good thing I heard the explosions from over side, the other side of the Duke. <clears throat> he kind of clears his throat as he kind of 
moves his scarf around, you can kind of see this big, long scar across his neck that kind of probably can have an instinct just causing him to speak a bit more softly than usual. Well, any friend of Bram can be a friend of mine for the meantime. Washburn Breedlove, at your service. And kind of bows his head down. Meet him with an equal bow. What a say? We were all in this together, yes. What were you able to recover from the cell? Do I know we bowing? Oh. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of looks at you and looks at Bram. I did find something, but of a man in my position in these situations is usually going to be made and well, if I reveal too much I might give that away and he says oh and he looks over to, to Bram and says and he says tell me do you only end up hiring cutthroats and brigands or is it just a recent uptaking Excuse me, I'm not a cockroach. <laughs> he says, is this a mercenary company? Or are we trying to find a dangerous criminal who is putting people's lives in danger? And so uh, Nebula looking as Brom is going to look at, uh, you said Washburn? Yeah, Washburn, Breed, Love. Okay, so he's going to look over at uh, Washburn, and we're all in it together, and everyone will be compensated for their assistance. Right now, our main issue is getting skins. (laughs) Is that who we're looking after? Unfortunately. Yeah, um... (laughs) (laughs) We encountered Skins not long ago. She unfortunately got away. We were dealing with a handful of other groups of enemies. So now that we've shared some information, would you please share your information with us? Looks back over at Bram. You never questioned my methods before. Can I, at this point, just Margot? She's so sick of this. She just kind of strolls up and grabs him by the the scruff of the neck, the the red scarf. And she's like, it's been a long day. And like, as she's saying this, she wants to intimidate him. Like tendrils of flame are basically coming out of her mouth. Tell us what you know to make this easier on all of us. All right, roll intimidation. I love that. Haha, <laughs> that's a 21. So you just kind of go up and just lift him up in the air. Fire starts emanating out of the, out of the corners of your eyes. <clears throat> Uh, 
All you have to do is speak and I can put you down. And as, as you're saying that, you notice his eyes start to change. Sort of, he had this kind of bluish grayish iris around his eyes. And as soon as you do that and he's looking at you, his eyes, his irises start to turn yellow and the pupils in his eyes go into like a cat-like animalistic look. And you notice that some teeth under his, and his top jaw just, just kind of, these little fangs start to come out a little bit and go, I would start this if I were you. Galahad's gonna like intercede and sort of like put a hand on both the shoulders and go, Okay, I think we got off on the wrong foot there. We're all kind of on the same side. I don't think we should be fighting, you know, we're the crown's guard. I think you guys are the crown's guard too. My head kind of uh, went a bit fuzzy for a second there, but we're all supposed to be on the same side and we're all trying to catch this criminal, so maybe we should not be fighting each other, please. I personally agree with Galahad. We should not be starting this. And, uh... Brahm is going to say, I'm not questioning your methods. Uh, more so, I'm letting the new recruits uh, show me what they're made of. Now, this is, as you know, a very serious matter very quickly. And we have a lot to uncover, especially how Skins was able to get out and had accomplices capable capable of handling our defenses. Down, maybe I can oblige. Oh, look at that. We've come to an agreement so easily. Uh, He'll look at Margot. (laughs) If you'll put the kind gentleman back on the floor, perhaps we can all work towards a resolution. All right, but she is, she's like, this is for bearing your fangs at me. She's just going to unceremoniously drop him. That's fine. Got him. <laughs> lands on his, land, just sort of like, because you're not, not uh, Margo, how tall are you? Uh, she is, considering she's a dragonborn, she's actually about six foot. Six oh, foot. Nice. So uh, Washburn is about like five, seven. So like you kind of lift him up. He's like, his toes are just like almost leaving the ground, but not quite. So just kind of, trying to let him down. Comes, comes down on his heels on the ground. Galahad will just like awkwardly like dust off his shoulders. <laughs> you know, just, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, she's really scary. I'll, I'll back away now. As this happens, you notice that the eye color from the yellow kind of reverts back to the greenish bluish hue and the pupils going from a slit back to uh, normal circular motion. The, the the fang from the from the top of the the mouth kind of come back in. Now the question is is why do you hide yourself like that? Just kind of puts to his pocket, walks past Margot and just slaps this parchment into the chest. and just walks past and just walks out. She like turns around and gives him like a same little growl. She's just like, ugh. Just, and then she looks at Galahad and she's like, I could have, you know, I could have done it so easily. As 
slammed him to the ground. He would have deserved it. Maybe we shouldn't make people angry. All right. Tell me what you think we don't like. So she takes it. She takes the pieces. Or do you like the ones who go along? (laughs) It seems like no one has the right answer thus far. So at that point, she's going to take the piece of paper that got slammed and she's literally just going to like slap it uh, (laughs) at Zara. She's basically just going to slap it at Zara and be like, since you're so fond of talking, you can read. Oh. Excellent. And he says, would you like me to read it for you? Yes, please. <laughs> Just the chipper little gal in the back and be like, yeah, story time. <laughs> And he will literally just read out loud, if he can, if he's capable of understanding the language, uh, whatever is written on this parchment. So uh, so the parchment, is it's fairly like messed up and ripped and charred uh, from the explosion. So it's just a fragment of whatever this, this message like note could have been. Um, but as you see it, I think we got it on the on the stream as well. Um, from what you can make out of this tattered, burnt kind of wet parchment, uh, all you can make out from it uh, are the words, worry not, I am an ally of your calm, C-O-M-M, and then it's kind of charred past that. No questions. Below that, from what you can make out, Take this ring and follow. Burt Marks, wet paper, make it hard to read much more past that, but you can just barely make out the words, my humble domain. And under that, a sentence kind of ripped apart and you just catch the end of a word, uh, sort of at the end of the sentence, that's like a T and an and. And then the end says back with an exclamation point. Sorry, the e and back? Yeah, so it says and back, but like the and is kind of the, the start of the and has a T at the start of it. Like it's like a, a, it might say and back, but it might be a word with the last four letters being T A N D, but you're not sure. Can, can Margo like look over at it and she's like, tan, tan, back? Stand back? Stand back? Possibly from the walls. He says, and whoever wrote this, most likely our engineer friend, is a ally to, and he looks at the COMM part, and he says, the community of Goliath. And he says, you will forgive me, I am not from here. I do not understand the intricacies between these warring communities. I do not necessarily wish to fight for a side I do not understand. And he will uh, then hand the letter off to anyone who wishes to take it and look over it themselves. Um, or he will uh, then look and he says, Perhaps our main quarry is not the Goliath. It's not 
the engineer who feels so slighted as to be breaking people out of prison of a city he understands. They would be worth the conversation, to say the least. I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, Brahm will take the, the letter and look it over. I just put it in the Discord group chat as well, if you guys want to cool. put it there. Ooh. Oh, that helps me a ton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I, I will, I will take the letter and I will try to just uh, memorize as much as I can and familiarize myself with the handwriting on it in case we come by any more notes to see if they're similar to it or not. Just okay. So, who, who has the note again right now? Uh, Brown. Uh, Captain uh, Brown. Nebula does. Nebula does. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Quick logistical question, if I may, Nebula. Would any yeah. of us know that you were able to change into Brom, or are we just assuming Nebula's gone and you are Brom? Technically, I, I want to make this understood. I did not say my name was Nebula, and we didn't actually need to give our names during the like interview. Uh, but if you did get my name, uh, you let's see who would have gotten it if by chance, just to give it easier for you guys. Definitely. Margot would know it as he got announced in the uh, arena. Uh, but, Mar oh, wait, no. Because, yeah, I ended up here in a different situation. So Margot doesn't even know that I'm Nebula because I am in human form. I am not in my base form. So yeah. that's that's sort of what's going on is even Margot doesn't realize we know each other because I transformed into human when I got to this city to, like, hide myself. Um, it's the and, reason for disdain because... If Nebula is a human, Margot dislikes humans vastly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I would have introduced myself as Graham. And um, so if if you knew, you would assume Graham is just missing. Uh, Dice can decide if you do a perception check or anything. I cannot transform my armor or anything. So I'm wearing the exact outfit that Graham was wearing minutes ago. But I'm Brom now. I see. That is something that Zara would pay close attention to is battle attire. Yeah. yeah. Jules may have paid attention to that. Yeah, well, but anyway, did not notice. Uh, that yeah. wasn't what that wasn't what Margo <laughs> was just doing right then. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. So, so, yeah, so at this point, Margo kind of outstretches her hand and she's like, "Let me see that note one more time." And he'll hand it back. She kind of looks it over and she's like saying the words really slowly. And she goes, she's like, worry not an ally of your command, command, commander? Commander, community, many things can be filled in. Ally of your, whoever this is, is working very closely and with a group. A group opposing this city or the Crown's Guard. Perhaps the Empire itself. I don't see why it's completely necessary for us to differentiate what... Well, so here, here, here's what I have to say. Worry not. 
Why would somebody start off with the phrase, worry not, if they knew they were going to come and save them? Worry not is something you say to somebody who's terrified of you. Or you've yet to recruit. Yes. A new ally. An ally of an ally means that these two did not know each other. Perhaps not previous to now. This would have been their first contact, their way of reaching out to the Goliath. I think the only thing that we can do if we want to know more about this Goliath is try to find out who this ally they're talking to is. I agree. This engineer seems of the most important and seems to have quite the agenda of their own. They are not necessarily an enemy. Now, just to jump back, because I know you gave us this little nugget here, Kev, uh, you said that uh, oh gosh, the name was you said that Washburn pulled out a couple of scraps of paper out of a chamber pot, right? That was like embedded in the wall from the explosion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a mangled chamber pot uh, embedded in the right wall uh, and, you, and you saw Washburn pulling it from the stone and pocket three charred pieces of paper from the brass pot before turning And we were seat. handed one. Yeah. So uh, Nebula's just going to bring that up. Uh, so Brahm says, so we have one bit of information and I suppose we can go off of this, but let it be known there is more. He says, and readily at the other hands, come. And he turns around and he says, Wolf. And he just kind of starts yelling as he's walking back outside towards town following where Washburn started walking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, inside the room, though, there are a couple more things you, you could do if you'd like. Um, inspect the room a bit more if you wanted to. There's, uh, there's just the rubble and the bed, um, but you're welcome to uh, take a look at those. Um, I don't think that Jules would have been necessarily interested in the conversation about the, the note and whether, like, good or bad, so I think that she would have definitely been... Doing investigating that. and looking around during. Cool. Yeah. yeah, sure. There's there's basically in in the cell there's basically just like what's left of the bed and and the rubble from the explosion. Uh you're welcome to to kind of look at either or. Okay. I'll roll an investigation check if that's all right. Yeah, did you want to inspect the the bed or the rubble? Mm, I'll start with the bed first. Um I rolled a 11, so not great. Uh, okay, yeah, so you go over um, to the bed, and it's it's burnt only on the side facing the hole, uh, mm-hmm. as if used as a barrier to protect against the blast, you kind of surmise. Um, you find a jagged, fist-sized shard of bronze that's been lodged into the bed, and it smells strongly of of sulfur, and burned blasting powder. Um, and the, the the shard of bronze doesn't match any other objects in the cell. All right. Um, can I roll another investigation for the rubble? Uh, for the rubble, yeah. Unless anyone else wanted to also take a crack at investigating. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and while you're looking at the bed, I'll start looking through the rubble. Okay. If we're all not leaving. But also, I don't mind jumping in on that. Okay. 
Margo's just gonna stand there fuming about how disrespected she was. <laughs> Margo's gonna be cool now. Um, uh, who was working on the rubble? Uh, I mean, if Phelan was gonna give a shot, so why don't we get uh, Phelan and Kanoe? You can roll uh, investigation checks if you like. I got a 19 on the rubble. Ooh, okay. Um, I had a 17. Nice. 17. Okay, good. Um, the dream. So, uh, so, sorry, I uh, can, uh, there are <laughs> new characters remembering. Um, you are kind of looking around the rubble and you can confirm that the, the explosion definitely came from inside the room. Um, with most of the stone and steel having been blown out from the inside. Um, and you kind of know that there's signs of multiple simultaneous explosions kind of at varied points inside the wall. So it wasn't just like a huge, like one giant explosion. It looked like it was multiple kind of placed all over. Is there uh, drain systems on the wall? Uh, no. systems, anything like that? No, no drain systems. Um, and uh, uh, Faren, with yours, um, kind of going through the rubble, kind of moving charred rock around, and uh, you actually make a discovery within the loose rock. Um, there is a, a, a strange kind of flat automaton uh, the size of a dinner plate. And it appears to be made from uh, from iron and resembles a crab. Uh, it's very severely damaged uh, beyond the point of functionality, um, but its size means that it would have probably fit through that skylight above you. Well, um, I think it wasn't an, it was an inside job, but not really. Um, and I'll pull out the crab. Um, I think we found out where it came from. Uh, maybe it just came in from the roof. So there was nobody else on the inside involved per se. Maybe it carried the bomb with it. Whatever made this explosion happen. How tall is this cell? Like what's the difference between us and that skylight? Uh, the cell itself is about standard size. It's not particularly like super tall or big. Um, I'm just standard to... size for those who have been inside a prison cell before. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, <laughs> probably that's like trust me, uh, it's massive. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm just, I'm just so bad with, with measurements just off the top of my head. Uh, maybe um, ten feet. There's... Like an bedroom. Yeah. Pretty much nothing, nothing too imposing or different looking, just like an average shape of a room, <coughs> like 10 by 10. Uh, but the skylight is that same height or? Yeah, roughly like 10 feet high. Okay. Then, uh, and is, are there any other guards uh, near us or anything like that? Anyone in this area? Yeah, there's definitely some guards still like blocking, making sure the passerbys don't come and, and investigate the prison or just kind of shooing people away. And there's some guards like within the prison cell as well. Like you're still like within the prison, there's still guards and people kind of being ushered around. I have quite the question. Yes. 
Um, so we know there were six kobolds, at least before the explosions. Um, where did they come from? Is there a secondary tunnel leading up to the cell that leads into the mountain? Did they just, is it literally just from the tunnel to outside is the only having we have apart from, you know, the rest of the prison and the skylight? Yeah, all you all you can ascertain so far is that there was an explosion. There seems to be multiple explosions that went off simultaneously. There is this sort of fairly small sized hole uh, above you in that in that skylight. Um, and Phelan kind of picks up this giant dinner plate. Looks like a giant metal like a metal crab that's about the size of a plate, and the the size of this this mechanical crab is about the same size as the hole in the skylight. Um, All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume then we're going to, uh, I'll just assume Zara said that out loud, like, but where did the cobalts come from? And, uh, Ram is going to say, so we have something that detonated in here, something that created the detonation, no way in or out, except a small hole. So we have part of the puzzle and a letter warning the inhabitants of this cell not to worry. The only part missing is who dropped the crab. I think we might go to the roof. Jesus, I certainly do wish to follow the skylight. And uh, oh, look at you and Spiney says, though we need not forget there are two letters still missing. Mm. Uh, is the metal that was in the bed, does that match the metal of this crab? Uh, the metal of the crab, um, I think. Let me just see it. Uh, the crab is made of like an iron metal, um, and the and the, the shard that you found was bronze. Okay. So it was definitely differentiating a bit. The crab is a bit more like aged, hardened. The brass is uh, a bit more shiny, um, okay. still like tattered in a piece and, and broken apart. But no. cool. so Brom looks for a way to get to the roof. Yeah, we'll follow that path happily. Yeah. Do I please see that note again? Yeah. So Margo, Margo's going to hand the note over to Galahad. Thank you very much. Hmm. Well, the stand back part might be because the explosion was about to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Take this ring and follow blank to my humble domain. Is it possible that Goliath was actually following the kobolds? And since we dispatched of the kobolds, is running around aimlessly, they haven't gone to ground yet? But why would he leave them behind then if that was the case? Well, he left them behind because they were mostly in pieces. This is There was one. There was one. And also I'll just, I'll just, uh, Restate just from the description of the scene of the prison when you entered, the there was a thin skyline above the hole of the of the initial explosion. A thin skylight above the hole matches others alongside it in the steel wall. 
So there's kind of, there's a hole like sort of above and then there are multiple sort of holes like it along the side of the bigger explosion. Um, if, do we think maybe these kobolds were held in the prison also and these are the other cells that they like broke out of? Is, is that is that what this, this, this is? As simple as asking somebody nearby. Any guard nearby who works the prison would know. That is fair. I'm really glad you guys are here. I'm terrible with puzzles. And as you guys are kind of looking around the room, kind of looking up at the skylight and sort of motioning over to like someone's about to like sort of get someone's foot up to go like look up to that skylight. One of the the, the bearded guard that was uh, sort of outside as you initially came through is going to come inside like, have you guys found anything yet? Nothing particularly revealing. Would you mind telling us who all has escaped? Um, was it just Sting or were there others? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, apparently it was just Skin. The rest of the gods didn't get broken out either. The gods were too quick for them. It was just the cell that was broken out. And then these cobalts came from somewhere else. It's possible. Uh, okay, so where could a cobalt fit, my friend? Well, did you notice anything strange about the cobalts or anything? Did they have anything on them? Were they wearing anything different? It says, ah, cloaks and explosives. The guard just kind of looks at another guard. And they had that strange red mud on their feet? And he says, yes, we do not yet know what that could possibly mean. Like a deep crimson mud? It says that sounds quite similar, yes. My color module is a little bit faulty. It says, do not worry. It was the crossbow bolt, my friend. Well, if it's anything to do with mud, you might have some some luck at the lay of the land herbalist shop. I mean, the proprietor there knows a lot about organic things. Maybe she can tell you where colored mud might come from, but that's about as all I can kind of figure out, yeah. Mostex? What's that, sorry? Ah. Very most excellent. I appreciate your efforts. And then another another guard kind of sees Phelan holding this weird, decrepit, crab-like machine the size of a dinner plate in their hands. These little legs kind of dangling about, is holding it, and like, you there, what is that? Um, this is a dinner plate, I think. Maybe. Maybe it's a crab. I'd... Maybe it was just the dinner from last night. I don't... Yes, it was Skin's dinner. What? Let me see that. And he kind of goes over, kind of takes the, the weird automaton thing from you. Um, and kind of looking it over, and he's like, oh, what the hell? Have you ever seen this before? And he kind of goes over to, the, to another guard. He's like, uh, I don't know. It kind of looks similar to things that you'd find in Master Maker Clef Ticker Tops place, but... Uh, that sounds like a fake place. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't exist. And the, the guard kind of says, I don't work shelf has been closed since the war picked up, but... Uh, I know the city's leaders keep him and his daughter, Risa, working on welfare designs down in the, the builder's plot. 
I don't know if you have any information of what that looks like. The other guard's just like, listens to it, shakes it around. Tosses it back to you into your chest. We have a lead. Yes. Are you sure she didn't just order takeout? (laughs) (laughs) The indigestion from the crab made the explosion. Mystery solved. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. We grabbed it right open. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so we were just about to give me a boost to the roof, but you know we stopped as all of this information was being given. And, I'll give uh, you a boost. Yeah, if you guys um, want to continue going up there. Um, yeah, sure. I'll just finish through with that idea real quick, um, and so I'll let uh, I'll let Galahad give me a boost up there. Got my name right. Yes. <laughs> Huzzah! All right, so you put your hand out, sort of boost him up. Why do you do a strength check, Galahad, see if you can just sort of lift him up there? 13. Who's caught a word? 13, that's perfectly fine. So you go up there, boost up. Nice. Bram. <laughs> and up there, the skyline. The thing is, it's, it's about the size of a dinner plate. So I'm not really sure if you're going to be able to fit through the hole. Okay, but my head should at least get up there, yeah. right? You could, you could, you could poke your head out. Just the rest of your body wouldn't really be able to get through it. Okay, and uh, once my head gets through there, uh, can I see anything? Do I see like any tracks or any markings of someone like being up here? Because theoretically, there wouldn't really be anyone up on the roof. So yeah, uh, make uh, make, to... make investigation. Ah, uh, that is. is... 18. 18. So yeah, you go up there. And you're kind of looking around. Uh, from what you can surmise, you just see little sort of indents from the top, um, from where the dust of the explosion was. Um, like the little legs of the crab maybe had crawled up there, but that's about all you can kind of make out. Okay. Uh, and then I kind of signal for Galahad to kind of lower me down, and I hop down. Uh, it definitely came from the roof, but it almost looks as if it found its way here. I'm not quite sure if someone controlled it from a great distance or got it caught close and sent it on its mission. So we might want to investigate where that mud and that crab came from. Uh, Follow up on those leads. Uh, And he'll say to the two guards there, good job, men. Uh, To your posts. Yes, Brad. Yes. Is there anything else we could could be of service to? Do you have everything you need? Uh, Bram will look to the to the recruits uh, and say, "Does anyone here need anything? They're happy oh, to oblige." Perhaps an appointment with our other Franzko's friend, who's recently left. <laughs> so if anyone could get his attention, I would very much like to speak with him. What was his name again? It's the one with the, the angry teeth and the sharp eyes. 
Ah, uh, bitch. They're looking for Washburn. Ah, that's the one. That's the one. You're asking Poor to the great. I do not know the local legends. So you're asking the guards if they know where where Washburn could be? Yes. Uh, uh Washburn. Does he frequent uh, the bar? Does he frequent anywhere in particular? He kind of does his own thing. Uh, if he's if it's coin he's looking after, he's probably doing the same thing you guys are doing right now. I see. Does he have a home nearby? I very much need to speak with him. It is urgent. Oh, I'd love to speak with him again. Absolutely store the idea. Maybe not you. I I don't I don't know where he lives. Have you ever been to his house? Like, um, no. I'm just kind of scared of the guy. Really, I don't really go near him. And they they have no idea. They've never been to his house. They don't really know where he lives. Just kind of a man, just kind of known as like a man about town. But he kind of, he like must live in the area somewhere because he doesn't frequent here a lot. Um, But yeah, they have, they have no idea. If you do see him, tell him that I have something very interesting I'd like to hear. All right. And also tell him that he should host more work dinners, get his like work friends together, maybe get to know more people. It might help him out. You should tell him that. <laughs> tell him it came from you though. That way you'll be better friends with him. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying it came from me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of oh. looks at his friend. <laughs> the one giving the message is Zara. Zara. Alright. Zara can't uh, but can't uh, Carol? Yes, Zara can't tell Quite simple, really. It, it is, it is. Zara can't You see? Yes. Yeah. Well, tell him Z wants to talk to him. Ah, you have made one twenty-fourth of the effort, and I can appreciate this. Okay, and they're just kind of like, you're just like, oh, this is a gnomish town. You guys are just probably the strangest people they've ever seen in a long time. And I love, they keep looking at Bram every every so often, just being like, are you really with these people? <laughs> God, uh, okay. And just kind of goes about their business. Um, they start to make their way back into like the front of the, uh, join the other crowns guard guarding the, the front of the explosion. They seem nice. They seem quite lovely, yes. Okay. He says, so do, we... do you think they paid as much? Hmm. What was that, sorry? Do you think they get paid as much? Oh, I don't know anything about that. Maybe. No, I mean, you looked at their clothes? I've never, even, no, I've never had I'm... a job before. This is all new to me. He says, this is the nighttime, yes? We all need to find the place well, to relax. Yeah. Until perhaps the herbalist is open tomorrow. We have the okay, uh, the, the town watches in. Yes, yes, we can head to the uh, copper uh, bar. I think is uh, what it was, and uh, down there we can uh, we can get put down by the gnome. That's what he said, right? Ah, yes, to be put down. That is where we are going. <laughs> we could yes. also take a look at where they said that crab looked like it was made from. Tinker tops. The tinkerers. 
Tinker yeah. and Doctor. So the the two the two names that they gave you in regards to uh, those two clues was uh, about the, about the automaton, the crab like thing was Master Maker, Clef, Tinker Top, <laughs> um, and the other one about the the mud um, that, that they weren't sure where it was from, but this herbalist may give you some information just judging by the unique color. Uh, was a herbalist at the Lay of the Land herbalist shop. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I say we can maybe in the morning hit both of those and uh, see where we, what we can get from both of them. Okay. I, I would like to get another drink before we get to sleep, maybe. So maybe if we hit, uh, if we find our friend over at the copper bar, Grab a drink before we get some sleep. It seems the only place we have left to go. <laughs> Favorite kind <All> right. of day. <laughs> and with that, I think we will end this first session right around here. Seems like a good way to to, to end things on that note. Um, but yeah, guys, awesome first session. We're doing it. We're we're playing Ooh. the D and D and doing stuff. Thanks for having. There's a mystery afoot, and you guys are solving stuff. Look at you go. Um, but yeah, thank you guys all so much for watching our our first session of the Fey Lie. Um, gonna be having these guys back very soon. We're kind of doing a bi-weekly uh, sort of streaming schedule just to, you know, free up their time so I'm not taking them away too uh, too much from their daily, uh, daily activities. Um, so these guys will be back. We'll let you all know when that date will be. Uh, tune in next next Monday because we got our second stream. That's the official Dice Cream one shot. It's an actual one shot with an all new group of uh, awesome D and D creators from TikTok. And then the week after that, I think the following Monday, we got the second campaign, which is Beyond the Realms. That's continuing from a story from season one. So thank you guys all so much for watching. I hope you guys tune in again. Season two is here! Hooray! Oh, <laughs> and I really want to well, thank all these awesome players for for joining me. I'm big fans of theirs, and they've been great sports and patient to want to do this story with me, and I'm so stoked on where this is going to go. It's just the beginning. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to sort of say your your handles and anything you got coming up, uh, we'll <laughs> take it from there. Kanoa? Do you stream anything on Fridays? No. Perfect. Then I'm going to plug this real quick. Hi, yeah. guys. My name's Kanoa Daddy. We're running a, a D&D campaign called Dirty 20 um, that is in season two right now, possibly going to be getting a season three here soon, um, where it's a D&D stream that happens every week, Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, which I think is six Pacific, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a whole ass hoot of a time. There's a lot of ways for you guys to interact with the campaign as is. Um, you guys can use channel points to pretty much vote as as the community um, on stuff that happens the next session. There's there's usually three challenges that the community can vote towards uh, for things that happen every session. And then I also use what you vote on to make art of your personal avatars in stream. If any of that sounds kind of cool or interesting to you, I encourage you guys to check out my bullshit that I do. Uh, <laughs> Kanoa Daddy on everything. Nice. Twitch.tv slash Kanoa Daddy. Friday nights I would love to see you guys there. I'm not at all wanting to take from anyone else's awesome ass Twitch streams, but 
No, it's a good time. I would love I, to see you guys, whatever you have. It. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no problem. It's awesome. I've I've watched it a few times myself. It's a great stream. They do really good work there. Um, and uh, Hale. Uh. I mean, I haven't really gotten anything going on for myself personally. <laughs> but if you do want art commissions, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, we could talk prices, see if y'all want some D&D-related art. Been absolutely loving doing yeah. a lot of player character commissions. So if you want art, you can hit me up at Red Queen Hills on Instagram. Link is in my link tree in my TikTok bio. Yeah, it's awesome nice. artwork, too. I think I put your 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 artwork as your avatar during the stream too so if you like that hit him up uh ozzy g'day um so i stream mostly uh games i'm gonna be doing some among us on twitch.tv slash the aussie warlock um i just uh yeah (laughs) mate kev (laughs) i think we need to get the group into some among us games yeah definitely got me it would be amazing um Yep, I just post my D and D memes on uh, Aussie Warlocks, or the Aussie uh, Aussie Warlock on TikTok and on Instagram at Aussie Warlock. Um, very excited as well because I sent off um, uh, my big old mood board for Galahad Five that I put together. So hopefully get some art done. Very excited. Uh, yeah, someone great. did in fact send me during the stream uh, a picture of Galahad Five blushing furiously because he was talking to Margot, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh my youtube is aussie warlock and we're gonna have our first uh cool edited gameplay video soon so stay tuned that's it from me awesome man thank you and Lindsay. uh i'm your b11 on tiktok and on instagram and on basically any other social media platform i may have uh i make my own shiny math rocks of dice and my etsy is dicecraft by Lindsay, which restocks at the first of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and they sell out fast. So if you guys really want to get a set from me, there's only about 10 that go up each month, and you've got to get them quick. Snatch them up. They're yes. delicious. They are very nice. <laughs> uh, Corso. Uh, yeah, I am on both Twitch and TikTok as DND underscore Corso. Uh, so if you follow me on TikTok, you're going to see a lot of fun videos, uh, DND based, as well as a lot of it is going to funnel you towards my Twitch stream, which uh, right now the date I'm doing stuff, you don't do anything on Thursdays, right? No, I don't cool. think so. So the date uh, that I have right now is Thursdays uh, while we're building something special. And uh, actually Mustafa is going to be helping me with that tomorrow in one of our uh, our test plays. Uh, I'm building basically an esports version of TNT. So uh, yeah, you guys are gonna uh, you guys are gonna get to watch like uh, a lot of these people and other people in the future helping me do essentially football for D&D or uh, if you guys have watched Legend of Korra take that pro bending type vibe and imagine your characters being able to fight something like that oh dope yeah that's extraordinarily awesome so be sure to follow (laughs) D&D underscore Corso and uh, if you want drop by tomorrow 7pm Central Standard Time and I will be doing a test play where we figure out all the mechanics so that anyone will be able to play this game in the future so come see those and then um, yeah it'll be a lot of fun yeah alright sounds awesome dude that's really cool (laughs) and then Mustafa 
Yes. Uh, so uh, I am the super goat on TikTok. You can find me on there, um, Twitter and Instagram as well, but also on here on Twitch as the super goat, where I am running a series of one shots for uh, different creators of color, uh, as well as a bunch of different interviews for different um, creators as well, not just D&D, but a whole lot of different um, media forms. Uh, so that's always super fun. Um, some of my content is migrating over to the Bard Community College, where you can find it there, uh, but I will be still running majority of my stuff on the super good so follow me on there and um we're happy to have you and showcase some cool peeps that don't get all the love they deserve yeah awesome. that's awesome guys well thank you all so very much for giving me your your monday night tonight really appreciate it love the session love your characters this is going to go to some interesting effing places guys so we will uh we will see you guys i think not next monday but the monday after that i believe um i'll put the dates down on socials and everything to let you guys know but yeah, thank you guys so much. Have a good night. See you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.